Hey, this is Michael Rosso, the Film Photography Podcast, show number 29, March 1st, 2011. I'm here in FPP Studios, and to my left is special guest co-host Matt Marash. Hey guys, how's it going? And to his left is regular John Fideli. (laughs) Regular, old standby Fideli. (laughs) Welcome, Matt. Hey, it's great to be here, guys. It's uh, really nice to see you. Uh, I met you at the PDN show in October. Yep, that's right. Now, Matt drove in from Ohio to uh, sit in on our March shows, and I am, I think, most fascinated by by the fact that you're you're doing large-format photography. Yes. But before we get into that, really quickly, let me give give you the overview of the show, everyone out there. Uh, today, we're going to be t- doing some giveaways. Yeah. We're going to be giving away three cameras. Wow, awesome. Uh, Olympus Trip 35. Trip. Love you it. own nice one camera. of those, right? Yes. Oh, you camera. have one, do you? Yes. Yeah, they're fun. I got to get yeah. one. A Holga 120N, which so is the standard Holga, uh, and the Diana Plus, hmm. which is... a new one, or? It's a new Diana no, camera, that's yeah. That's the one we featured last month. I actually ha- It came in, so I'm actually going to show it. Oh, great. It's amazing. And you yeah. didn't lose it or anything? No. It's still here? Okay. No, no. I, <laughs> I know we've had a problem with that. There's, yeah. There's, uh, yeah. there's gremlins here. <laughs> there are gremlins here. And then, of course, we're going to st- first time ever, we're going to start our, our bi-monthly, fortnightly film giveaway. We're gonna, fortnightly. We're going to give away one roll of 35 millimeter and one roll of 120 per show. Awesome. Mm. And this is film that, you know, is... Some some of it we donated. A lot of listeners donated. It's a mm-hmm. big pool of film. Very Great. Cool. One yeah. roll to each listener or winner. Each yes. Listener. Each, yes. Listener. <laughs> each listener. Oops. Uh, yes. Each winner gets one roll. Each winner gets one roll. And what happens is the listener writes in, says, "Hey, I like a roll of film. I prefer thirty-five millimeter." Mm-hmm. And you know. It, and listeners have been kind of specific. If you have black and white, and that's very cool because sometimes I have it. Right. And if I don't have it, I'll give it closest, whatever I have closest to it. What's closest to black and white? Color. We're going to be doing a camera spotlight. Today I'm going to be talking about the Canon T50. Uh, it's a 35 millimeter camera. Mm-hmm. We're going to. Where'd uh, you acquire that camera? I got it on the eBay. Huh? I'll give you the whole story. Okay, good. I'm all. <laughs> Goose pimply with Photogra- anticipation. A new segment, a very fast, quick segment, photography basics, how to load a 35mm camera. No, okay. And it may, it may sound no. like, oh my God, what are you talking about, Mike? But quite frankly, have you ever loaded a camera and then you shoot and then you f- f- figure out that... You were it, pulling nothing the whole yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. No, never. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. 35 is uh, harder for me, actually. But, yep. Yeah. Book of the Month, we're going to be talking about photography, the book. The mm-hmm. sixth edition by Barbara London and John Upton. We have a giveaway that we're doing. We're giving away 29 rolls of Kodak Technical Pan film. Mm. Just we're, a little bit. We're going to be talking about that later. And what you may be saying, oh my God, I, have, I really have to listen to the show because I don't know what Technical Pan is. Yeah, yeah me neither. <laughs> it's, it's old, that's all I know. Yes, it is. We have a new camera giveaway, which we'll announce later, and lots more. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to chit-chat with Matt about his long journey here from Ohio. So we'll be right back. Yay! Yay. <laughs> this is the Polaroid 1000. Simplest camera in the world, and she's about to prove it. Meaning what? Meaning all you do is press this button. Well, any fool can do that. All right. Well, off you go. Out pops the picture, and minutes later, always revealed in glorious color. Very flattering. <laughs> Polaroid 1000. So simple, even she can use it. And you can't get simpler than that. And we're back. 
before we get into a bit of news, Matt, tell us about your trip. Tell us about... Yeah. People pro- probably first want to know who you are. When, when I first introduced you, I said, hey, man, this is the guy shooting 8x10 photography. You're shooting 4x5 photography. You're shooting 35 millimeter. You're shooting some Polaroid. It's like... Shooting I'm it jealous, all. I'm man. What, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got into film photography. Just I was listening to your podcast. I think I picked it up last January, February, something like that, and just started to really love film. I When I took a trip to Japan last year, and I played with some film cameras over there, because they still, mm. they love film over there. That's yeah. pretty much, if, if they're not digital, they're all film. And I played with a, an old Hasselblad, and I fell in love with it, but I couldn't afford one. So I came back to the States, and I started looking on the bay, and I found this old wedding photographer that was getting out of it, selling this mm. pristine camera. I bought it and decided to really force myself to get into film. So I started this little blog, uh, The 52 Project, and you can find that at www.mattmirage.com. And every week I try to shoot at least a roll of film. It started with 120, and then it just branched off as I started acquiring more cameras. I don't know if it's a gear thing or you just meet so many different cool people that, mm. that that love film and it's not the same it wasn't the same as digital i shot digital for two years before that and it was just kind of going stale mm. and when i started shooting film i met all these cool people and i started piling up cameras so fast yeah right that's what oh, happens right oh, mike yeah. oh yes absolutely <laughs> so you were shooting digital and have you dumped your d- digital gear or you still have it i still have it it's it's gathering dust which digital hates and mm. it's depreciated to you know nothing by yes. now so but I still I still use it because when I do weddings here and there they they like digital they like seeing mm-hmm. the image right away and did you they like chimping yeah. over the shoulder did of the photographer start, did you start by acquiring did you start stepping up did you start with thirty five millimeter and then you went to one twenty then you went to four by five then to eight by ten I dove right into the Hasselblad so right okay. into one twenty and then I started just shooting the heck out of that. I heard you guys talking about the trip 35. I found one for like five bucks at an okay. antique shop. Wow. I got into that. That's awesome. And what I a shot find. My, yeah, and I shot my Kodachrome that you guys gave me with that. So that was kind of hard to find light that mm. that matches ISO 25 with a solid shutter speed on that thing. But yeah. it worked. And then one of my old professors at, at my university had this this 8x10. He had it sit in the office. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I have to play with this thing. Mm. It's, it's gorgeous. And he was like, do you want to shoot it? Cool. Yeah, <laughs> of course I want to shoot it. So I got into that, and I went head first. It seems like I went head first into 120, and then I dove right into 8x10, and I've just been shooting that ever since September. Wow. And when did you right. start home developing? I started home developing with the 120 in, in like, June, July, sometime, whenever I had more time off in the summer. So right. just in the spare time, you go s- smell like chemicals for the weekend. Right. Yeah. And so you'd save everything up for the weekend and then do a bunch of rolls? Yeah, do a couple rolls. And not too much because I'm just trying to keep it to one a week. And really, on the blog, I reflect on what film I used, what I did, what went right. So I always do mm. something good, something bad, and something learned. You know, good, bad, and ugly about every roll of film. And just kind of, if you don't want too technical of mm. an, a description on what these films do and how everything feels about it, you can just check it out, and it's it's pretty laid back, and that's why I like FPP. It's so laid back. Yeah. I love it. Do you feel that getting into film photography has changed your life in any way? It's it's changed my life in a, a big way. I've gotten to meet all these different film shooters that I wouldn't have otherwise met 
because when I was shooting digital, I was meeting a lot more pe people closer to my age. And now I'm just, I know so many guys that are like, you know, 50, 60, 70 that, that used right. to shoot film and I could spark up a conversation just by pulling out the Hasselblad. Like, yeah, sure. Is that a Hasselblad? Oh my God. And, I haven't seen one of those in 20 years. Exactly. People ask me, can you still get film for that? And of course I get like yeah. a little peeved. I'm like, come on, they're coming out with, they're still coming out with right. new films. So. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Do you think this will become uh, a life vocation? I, I really hope so. It's, I want to keep going with film as long as they make it, really. I don't see you ever slipping back into digital photography in a big way it's, with all this nice, beautiful equipment. It, it seems so stale. Yeah. You know? And I, I love the fact that, you know, I, I grew up on computers as gaming, mm -hmm. having fun on the computer. And when you have to, when you shoot a wedding or you shoot any assignment and you come back with 200, 300, 400, 2,000 files. Oh God. And you're sitting there for eight hours and... All I want to do is go on Facebook, go, yeah. you know, <laughs> not Farmville, but you know, anything you're going and you're playing for a couple hours yeah. and no, I don't want to do yeah. that. I want to go to the dark room, have a tactile experience Right. when it dries, I scan it and it's gorgeous. I don't have to play in Photoshop. I don't have to buy mm -hmm. all these crappy actions. I don't want to take, make an image look like film and spend three hours doing it when right. I can just shoot film. Right. Yeah. There That's, you go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How long have you been professionally shooting like events, event photography. Um, I was doing events for all the uh, different venues and, and things like that through this, this little company in Toledo, Ohio. For I did that for like a year. And it just it was one of those cookie cutter studios, mm -hmm. you know, where we're just a little bit above Olin Mills kind of <laughs> kind of oh, thing. Yeah. And I, before that, I was doing student the student photography thing. And then I just, just started second shooting weddings and picking mm -hmm. those up. And I still do more second shooting than primary shooting. Oh, so you're, the, the, you're shooting second camera, so to speak. Like yeah. Second unit. You're doing like table shots. and Yeah, just the, the crappy stuff that they don't want to yeah. do, setting up the lights. Mm -hmm. Right. And But then I'll, I started, I, I got really good with a couple of photographers, and I was like, hey, I got this Hasselblad. Mind if I just walk around and take some shots? And pretty soon I was getting really usable stuff. And a couple of brides came to me, and they, they liked the look. They liked that it's... It's offbeat. It's a little different. You know, they're not hipsters, but pretty close. <laughs> pretty yeah, close sometimes. It doesn't take a hipster to like look at, at a film image and say, "Well, there's something striking about that." What's, exactly. It's different. So you know, I got I got two film weddings this year, and that's going to be fantastic. That's exceptional. That is. One of them's on location in uh, Virginia Beach, so oh, I can't cool. wait to go oh, bust nice. out the, the the some new films, some new emulsions that came out, wow. and see what happens. Great. Good for you. John and I, in the late 1980s, we were in the uh, wedding grind. That's right. We did video. Yeah, the video end. Oh. And we always piled around with the photographers. Mm -hmm. But it's quite a grind. Yeah. Especially if you're it's working a, for a cookie cutter. It's a long yeah, day. It, it, it really is. Yeah. And you, you're just going... For me, when I had to upload files, I was like jumping mm. coffee shop to coffee shop, upload, <laughs> upload my files, go to the next assignment kind of thing. And yeah. I, I just wasn't liking it because they all look the same. Mm. I bet you if we talked offline about weddings that n nothing has changed in 20 years. Yeah, I'm sure. What, what's changed? The same grind. Photographers still not being fed. Yeah. Uh, bossy mater d's. <laughs> yeah. Oh my well, now gosh. we just have the bossy, bossy brides. Those shows don't, oh, really? don't help. Bridezillas. Yeah. The, and they have these, they have these checklists. <laughs> if I, when I see a checklist, I die a little on the inside. Oh, my gosh. Bridezillas. So that's pretty interesting. Well, let's see. Now, well, when you're, I mean, have you shot a whole uh, wedding with film, or are these going to be your first two? These going to be my first all-film weddings. I did one last summer, and I, I featured it a little bit in the very beginning of the blog. I told her, I was like, well, I'm going to do digital, but I'm just going to try to keep the shots pretty, pretty low because I want higher-quality stuff. Mm-hmm. So I rented out this this big 22 megapixel rig and something from down in Columbus, Ohio, and then I grabbed the Hasselblad. I showed her the scans before I, I put the we put mm. the album together, and 
she was like, well, what are these gorgeous square images? I'm like, oh, that's the Hasselblad. <laughs> Half of her album is the is the three rolls of color Hasselblad that right. I shot. She used it all. She used every single one of them, yeah. no exceptions, and then a couple of the digital. But it took me took me like six hours to match the same tonality that the Hasselblad images had. Digitally. So yeah. it, it stunk because I was like, well, I'll just shoot all film next time yeah, right. if that's what they like. Right. Uh, I think you're going to be hassled by a bunch of drunken <laughs> chimpers. <laughs> A bunch of digital guys. Oh hey, my God. Let you. Me see. Hey, you photographer guy. Hey, photographer. What are you shooting with? Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to tell them it's, it's digital film because I can send it to the lab and I have a really great lab that, that'll overnight it there and back. Oh, yeah. Give me scans and, and proofs within two business days. Oh. So yeah. you, you can't go wrong there. Well, that's terrific. And are you, you, are you still in school? No, I'm out of school. I just I'm kind of that kid that lives in the dark room, and they're like, okay. "Who is that kid? <laughs> I've seen him around before. Right. Is he a professor? Is Does he, he have a student card? Yeah, alumni grants you access. Yeah, my old professors are great, and I I guess I kind of teach adjunct for them. They're like, oh, I right don't want to do class today. Can you just really? Can you show them how to to use this? And sure, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. Well, Matt, I'm sure there's more that we missed, but we'll as we go through this podcast photographic journey, oh, yeah, we'll we gotta unravel the onion a little yeah. deeper. Yes. But uh, welcome aboard. It's really, yeah. really great to have you it's here. It's great to be here, guys. You and your cameras. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. There are a whole ton of them. So. We're going to go right into news. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> and, of course, I was the last person to know, but Matt knew that uh, Kodak just released some new professional films. Ooh. Yes. This you want to tell us about it, Matt? Yeah, this was announced just, like, Tasty. yesterday morning, I think. And really? Like, I got on Twitter, and, like, I saw a million posts, and I was like, oh, something must have, something happened. Kodak messed up, or shut down or no they <laughs> they came out with a new film in in november they came out with their uh professional portra 400 in 120 220 35 4x5 and 8x10 all at the same time wow and that stuff is gorgeous the 400 speed film it has such a ridiculous amount of range it can shoot from anywhere from iso 50 to like 6400 something ridiculous like oh, that goodness and the 160 they, they still had VC and NC, which is the vivid color, natural color kind of so stuff. So they used to have two products, 160 Portra NC and Portra 160 VC. VC, yeah, that's right. They've thrown those out the window. Yeah, they've kind of combined them all into one emulsion. If you, they give you all these charts and stuff, but it's basically <laughs> it's middle of the road. It's middle of the road. It scans ridiculously well. Right. You don't have to color correct much at all. Mm. It handles a really wide range. Like this stuff handles, I was reading somewhere, it handles like 25 to 400. And for a 160 film, that's that's great. So they've, they've got the Ektar 100. They say if you want more sharpness and more saturation, they've got Ektar. You want 160 speed to 400 speed, shoot 160. You want anything higher or cool looking, you go 400. They also put out a 800 speed film, correct? Yes, I don't know. The they don't have that. That's only in 35 and 120, oh, okay. I think. But it's, uh, that's solid stuff, too. So there are still advances being made in film today. Uh, well, f yes, Kodak is continu continuing. Continuing, continuing to release film. Some uh, posters on the Internet have mentioned that, you know, well, they're also scaling back at the same time. Well, yeah, yeah. So. well. So they're giving you new stuff and kind of discontinuing <coughs> some of the other stuff. FPP listener uh, Tony Kwong. Remember Tony, right? Sure. Yeah. Who's now, he again? <laughs> Stop. He donated the uh, Fuji Instax. Of course. Yeah, yes. Sorry. How could I forget Tony? Tony sent us a little grid. Oh, look at that. He's like, here is the new Kodak professional color print film lineup. So wow. it's a, like a checklist, which I'll include this all in the show notes. Show, show notes. notes. <laughs> okay. So this is color print film. Hmm. You have Ektar 100. 
and that comes in 35 millimeter, 120, 4 by, four by 5, and 8 by 10. That's 100 ASA film, and Kodak claims that the, that's the sh- this is the sharpest color film currently being made. It's mm. very cool stuff. Yeah. Portra, formerly Portra 160 VC mm. and 160 NC. Two letters. Now it's just <laughs> Portra 160. With, I would guess, it's a revised emulsion. Yes, it's, it's somewhere in the middle of the road, I you guess. You can get it in 135, 120, 220, 4x5, or 8x10. That's good, right, There's going to be That's a quiz fantastic. out there, there. Portra, I hope not. <laughs> Portra 400, which the grain is supposed to be spectacularly small. Mm. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. 135, 120, 220, 4x5, and 8x10. You got that, Jeff? Yeah. He's nodding, yes. It's a lot of numbers. Jeff, our technical director. How are you today? Hey, Mike. Good, good. Portra 800. It's new. 800. And nice. they only, they're putting their toe in the water by releasing it in 35 millimeter or 120. I'm going to get me a roll of that as it, soon as I can. It's really like they made this for you. They really did. John's really into high a- ASA. John doesn't like flash. Natural light. Yeah. Natural light. Because you, you always want to sneak up on one of your kids, yeah. catch a moment. Yep. Well, they move so fast. I know. Why, well, yeah. it's impossible to, to get the right moment with uh, lights I and didn't flashes. Do, I don't know what uh, E6 films are still being made. E6. Ectochrome? Uh, ecto- yeah, the E100 or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, I'm so. going to check that out for next time. Hmm. If uh, anyone out there listening uh, wants to send us a note uh, or give us the update on Kodak... E6 films, please do drop us a note at film mm-hmm. photography podcast at gmail.com. Because we have a lot of listeners who are right on top of things. I'm don't don't e- we, Mike? Yes. <laughs> We're getting flow charts. That's pretty good stuff. I'm uh, an E6 guy myself. I'm always kind of grabbing a roll of slide film. Hmm. Although I've kind of been scaling back because it's very expensive to, pr- to process. It is. So a roll of, of 120 or 35 millimeter film color print film i could send to sharp photo and they'll process it only for like a under two dollars that's wow. ridiculous i'll send that same uh, same roll but different emulsion i'll send the color uh, slide film out to duane's hmm. and it's eight, eight bucks oh. yikes ah yeah that i mean if you're if you kind of have a you know happy-go-lucky weekend <laughs> doing a lot of shooting mm. you know you could well, you prefer to shoot slide i do hmm. why i'm just curious brave man I yeah. just like it. You just I, like, I like it. the consistency of it. I like the way it looks. I like the way it scans. You feel your images are much better than you were getting I, with negative? I, th- I feel my slide images are better than my hmm. color print. Interesting. But I know. always shy away from slide myself. Why? It just seems to be too complicated a procedure to, <laughs> to like scan everything. And I, I'm not into the scanning oh. thing. See, I have that. a scanner. I, I just like to to have it there. I guess I'm more tactile. I don't like to go through another procedure to put it into the computer. Well, John, when you send out a roll of color print film, mm-hmm. do you bring it to local CVS? I had been, but I don't anymore. What do you do? I mail it. And what do you get prints? Uh, no, I usually get a disc, and then I'll go and get prints from there. So you'll get your... You'll do get, some selects. Just trying to figure out John's workflow here. You'll get a disc back. Yes. You'll put it in your computer. Will you do any yes. tweaking? No. Oh, okay. I don't like to tweak. And then you'll bring it and to one of those kiosks. I'll only tweak if it's the, the when we were getting the uh, Kodachrome, the uh, outdated stuff. Oh, okay. You know, if it's oh, yeah. really grainy Magenta. or really you know off color, I'll yeah. I'll tweak it. But I don't like to do too much computer tweaking. You know, so then I'll go, I'll look at at the uh, the CD, I'll look at the pictures, and I'll bring the negatives in for uh, prints. Okay. Oh, you bring the negatives and you don't yeah. put you don't load the disc in a kiosk. No, I had been, but I don't do that Why not? anymore. It just seems. Uh, I don't know. It seems a little bit um, 
digital. Okay. <laughs> so where you do know? you bring your negatives? Uh, there's a Photoshop right next door to the CVS. Look at that. Uh, an old-timey Photoshop. Old-timey guy. Been there since 1968. This is the guy who didn't... didn't grouchy guy. Okay. <laughs> he's really grouchy guy, but he's very knowledgeable. He's grouchy because he's been there since 1968. Yeah. Does he get more grouchy when you bring in a CD? Like, uh, oh, no, he's adapted, but you okay. know, I tried to have a conversation once with him about Kodachrome, and he was just like poo-pooing wasn't, me. Wasn't happening. He's like, don't make that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you have to have it in the fridge. If it's not in the fridge, it's not worth anything. Nice. It's well, still going to give you a crappy image. So that's exciting news that uh, the, the Kodak is making some emulsions. Last year at the PDN show, we interviewed Michelle Bates. She is a Holga photographer, mm. and she's been shooting with Holga for 20 years. So she's going on tour. There's some exhibitions, and the first one, that, it's actually called um, 20 Years of Toying with Creativity. Good. Yeah. It's a good title. The first expo is at the Soho Photo Gallery in New York City. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Cool. Starts today, March 1st. Look at that. Mm. And she's going to be at the Soho Photo Gallery NYC from 6 to 8 p.m. Just that one day, March 1st? I'm glad you asked, John. Thank you. There's also <laughs> a gallery talk and book signing on Sunday, March 6th at 6 p.m. Mm. Same gallery. Yep. Okay. And then the, e- the exhibition runs from March 1st through April 2nd. Oh, good. That's plenty of time. That's plenty of time to yep. get in there. Yeah. And you can go to SohoPhoto.com. SohoPhoto? That's S-O-H-O-P-H-O-T-O. Soho. Too many O's. Photo.com for some info. Uh, she'll be at the Urban Oasis series at Reiko Photo in San Francisco. That is on March 4th through mm. April 30th. She's really taking that yeah. around. Wow. Nothing and in between? <laughs> and She's doing uh, the colors? No. Holga Inspire at the Icon in Los Angeles. That's March 5th through 31st. Uh, she won't be there. Uh, she's not going to be there. Mm. And but her photos will be. She's not going to be in San Francisco either. Oh. But the photos will oh, be. Her exhibit will be there. But to get all the info, you could use the Google and type in Michelle Bates, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-B-A-T-E-S. And, of course, Michelle is the author of the book, Toying with Creativity, the- which we did the book giveaway. Yeah. That was Did her Lauren book? Did Lauren win that book? No, she won the uh, 100 Polaroids. Very but past, I, the past Sansone book. book. Yeah, but yeah. I saw uh, Michelle at the PDN show. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got to see the book there. It was very cool. Okay, very good. The, yeah, we gave away a copy of that. that she yeah. wrote that book. Oh. Yes. There, now it's all, it's all coming sense. together. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little slow. This is news. Well, this is about a developer, but it's news. <laughs> <laughs> the news is that uh, D76 is still being made. Stoops. <laughs> uh, it says here, I was listening to, this is from uh, our friend Emma. She says, I was listening to the February 15th podcast. I realized that John wasn't sure or not whether D76 is manufactured by Kodak. John? I thought it was Dwayne that did the presentation. Yeah, it's probably Dwayne. I don't know. You didn't bring your, she's blaming you because you didn't bring your laptop. Just uh, put it on John. You don't yeah, know. Hey, I'll carry John. the weight, It man. is. She says, the only chemicals they recently dis- discontinued were the replenisher mm. for D76. Oh, we weren't that far off. Yeah. No, well, I, I would like to say to our audience out there that we're not experts. We don't mm. claim to be experts. We're film enthusiasts. We use film, and although we have a lot of knowledge, mm-hmm. we do make a lot of mistakes. But we do rely on our listeners to absolutely correct us and absolutely. keep us updated on stuff that we m- may not be aware of. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am of the, you know... The They're rule- part of this podcast, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm living proof, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See? Matt's here. That's right. Emma, come on down. That is our... Uh, that's our news, John. That's our news? Yep. You want to uh, do a few letters, John? Letters. Sure. A, G, <laughs> Z. Wow, that was fun. Okay, this is from our friend Dan Domi. Uh, Dan. 
Uh, Matt, you know Dan? I, I do know Dan. Yeah. We haven't. Uh, oh, we you haven't know him personally? No, uh, kind oh. of. We, we, we have good correspondence back and forth, and we're ma- mainly Dan. He just like wrote on my Facebook wall one day, like, hey, mm. we should put a photo thing together for FPP. I'm like, cool. Oh, ah, good guy. Where? And, on the Facebook? Yeah, and he, he sent me a Facebook message, and they wrote on my wall, and now, now we're like Twitter, Flickr, Facebook buddies and, and everything, and we, we talk to each other on and off, and yeah. he started a, a, group, a thing in the FPP Flickr group for uh, just an FPP uh, meetup and shoot, so he's kind of spearheading that. Yeah, so. I, I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, done. I actually have a question work. to uh, F, the FPP listeners on Flickr. The question is... See, I don't automatically assume anything. So when the FPP Flickr group says FPP meetup, and they're right now discussing locations. Oh, we should do New York. Oh, mm-hmm. we should do Ohio. Oh, we should do Ontario. Oh, we should do London. Well, that's great. And I don't mind everyone chit-chatting and meeting, but, and I shouldn't just assume, but do, do they think we're showing up? <laughs> Not in London. I, see, I don't <laughs> want to just think that they're expecting me to come. See, I have no idea either. Yeah. It's all, it was all kind of jumped on me, Yeah. but I... I mean, it'd be great if we could have somebody show up, yeah. but it's, it's something that you, I mean, you guys have to plan this way in well, advance. Well, if anybody too. wants to finance a trip for what, 30, 40 people to go to London for a photo walk? Well, I wish Send everything. your check to. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it gets expensive. I'm recommending New York because. It's uh, our backyard. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, yeah, it is one bus ride from Port Authority, New York to FPP Studio, so a small group of FPP listeners can actually, even if we're not taping a regular show, mm-hmm. we could just... We could have a live show with studio audience and then go on a photo walk, <laughs> photo shoot. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> My head would just explode. Oh, yeah, <laughs> too much. Yeah, I wouldn't know what camera to bring, right? We'd, we'd uh, get kicked off Joe the Joe Kovacs behind yeah. camera today. <laughs> yeah, rowdy film people. Yeah. Get off the bus. Before we go to the diner... How long, Joe? How long does it take me to pick a camera for a photo walk? Oh my god! I like stand <laughs> twenty-eight the, minutes. I stand at my table. And I just look. And I'm just like he's obviously been counting. So. Uh, yeah. trying to like figure out what camera I'm going to bring. So can't you do this the night before? You got to wait no. until it's time to go. He, he and then lays stand his there. cameras out right next to his There's hat. There's a lot of uh, preparation if I'm going to shoot. This is what you do the night before. You get the camera you think you want to bring. You put it on your chest as you fall asleep, and you think about it, and you're like, no, nope, that's not right. Get up and get another camera. Hug it. Yeah. Give it some love. See if it gives you love back. Another thing, of course, is what do you call it when you're, uh, <laughs> when you, what's a phobia or you're phobic of people? What's that called? People phobia? <laughs> I don't know. My photography is very personal. I take my camera and I go out alone most of the time. Yeah. You know, I'm, so I'm doing my own thing. I'm in my own head. Yeah. I, you know, to it's go mostly to, a solitary experience. It's a solitary experience. And to do a group thing, I would feel like responsible or like a, you know, like a kindergarten teacher when... She has everyone mm. in the group. I haven't thought about that. The dynamic of the group. How would it? How would it be? Well, you do get that group mentality. You yeah. know, like everybody's like, "Oh, let's go shoot this." So you like, oh, look at that. And then people twenty are people over run there, over yeah. there, and they're elbowing each other. That's not going to scare out. pedestrians. Yeah, <laughs> they do that with model shoots. They'll really? book uh, like they'll book like five Playboy models. I feel so bad for those girls. And it's like a shootout, and maybe I don't know. I guess twenty people. Mm. I want to say twenty guys, At but once? it could be some women yeah. there. They're just and they set up a scene, and then all of a sudden, everyone's like. I remember the... It's like a paparazzi. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's a cluster. John, remember the gigs mm. we did for like e-television where we... Oh my God, it was horrible. We Just would... John and I would be elbowing each other. paparazzi. But it would be... Uh, it's a free-for-all. It's a free-for-all and... People um, yelling at the celebrities. Yeah. You know, what were they yelling at? At Robert De Niro. Robert! Oh, do you know the name of the... Come here, give me a smile, give me a shot. And then they would berate them if they didn't turn around and give them a shot. Oh man. F you. What's the name of the most famous... Celebrity photographer from the 70s. The, uh, the only reason I mention this is because there's a great documentary 
available that I saw on Netflix. What comes up? Ron Galea. That's it. Ron Galea. God bless the internet. He oh. made that his his life. And when you watch the documentary about Ron Galea. All the images are Jackie O. You know, back, no, he, Jackie O brought him to court many times. Oh, really? As a star, oh, wow. as a. Oh, know, I see. He had this a restraining was not a order. consensual relationship. But the, I guess the bittersweet thing about his whole career is in the 70s, he was thought of as this, you know, more, you know, annoying past, always mm-hmm. in in a celebrity's faces. This is before this was the norm. Yes. And now his library is of such value. Mm. He, he, he captured so many magical, amazing moments of pop culture here in the United States that now you look back at all that work he did and all the annoyance mm. and you look at it from a whole different perspective now. So... For one guy, but I mean, does the paparazzi or stalker photographers do they have that kind of significance today? Well, I think or that just he had a. He, uh, <laughs> well, I think he was the best, one of the best of the best, because mm-hmm. he had the 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 panache, the the style. He had a good style and a good eye. A good eye, and he had the tenacity. He wasn't just running along, holding the the shutter down, oh, taking man. a he shot. Photos he shot mostly. The, the documentary is fascinating. He shoots wide. Okay. He, he kind of <coughs> showed his technique. Yeah, you know, he shoots kind of wide. He doesn't. Even, he, doesn't he doesn't look through. He doesn't look through the viewfinder. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it's so what it's, like seventeen millimeter. I don't know. That'd be interesting. I'll have to watch it. No, yeah. you got me. You got me into it. Can you just type really quick Ron Galeo documentary? See what the name of it is. This is very worthwhile to see. I, I highly recommend folks out there. If you if you have the Netflix here in the U.S., you could see it on streaming. You could just stream it. Uh, let me read Dan's letter. Dan says, I had listened to the FPP episode 28 when you talked about sprocket hole photography again, focusing on the Holga. So Dan has his own method. I wanted to let you know my method. I purchased the 35mm Holga kit, which was designed to let you shoot traditional 35mm images in the Holga. He took a Dremel to it and carved out the plastic so that the whole width of the film was exposed. Oh, okay. So, uh... Dan opted to buy the, the kit, 35 millimeter kit for the Holga. Oh, bless him. It's just plastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paying attention, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was just kidding. Dan uh, purchased the kit for the Holga. He did? Yes, he did. What does it do? Well, if you recall from last episode. <laughs> last episode. <laughs> I bought the, the Sprocket Revolution, the little nubs. Sprockets, yes. Gotta love nubs. And I put it. Oh, uh, by the way, nubs. a listener. Nubs. I can't remember which listener. Forgive me, but he sent me a clip. I think it might have been Michael Fortner. He sent me a, a clip. Uh, Dailymotion.com mm-hmm. of the Sprockets from the 1980s or 90s Saturday Night Live. Yes, the Sprockets. Yes, you know, I, I really never, I mean, I knew of it, but mm-hmm. it's really very funny. It is. Yeah. This is the time on Sprockets where we, we load our film cameras. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan purchased the, purchased the kit, and it's an alternative to using, uh, he says, two benefits. You don't have to use adapters such as foam cubes or those made by Sprocket Hole Revolution. And the kit comes with a second blocked out Holga back, hmm. so you don't have to put tape over the red window in the back. Oh, nice. that's good. So. Yeah. I thought it was the, the kit was just the foam cubes. Yeah. Like somebody no, pays 40 no. bucks and oh you get these foam no. cubes in the mail. What is this? Exactly. From last time, I got an email, and it was a very good question, and I just forgot to mention, when you're done shooting sprockets, mm-hmm. which is 30, 35 millimeter in a 120 camera, so you expose the whole film. Yes. In order to take the film out of the camera, yes, you do have to go into a dark room or into a film changing bag. Ah, that's a very key piece of information. Yes, <laughs> yes it is. You need to literally 
rewind the film back into the canister, you know, so that you can send it to the photo lab. Mm. And then I recommend that you send it to a professional photo lab like Dwayne's Photo mm -hmm. or uh, the folks I've been using, uh, Sharp, uh, Blue Moon. This way you write a note saying, do not cut, do right. not. Because if they you bring it to uh, Target, you're done. You're done. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're just done. They're not going to know what's. They're, no. They're not going to know how to print it. <laughs> no, they're no. not going to know how to print it. So, well, thank you, Dan. Oh, so it's called. It's an HBO documentary oh, called thanks, Smash John. His Camera. Oh, HBO documentary called Smash His Camera. That's correct. Cool. It's, it's about Ron Galeo, mm -hmm. and it is currently on DVD, which means that you can get it at Netflix or Blockbuster or. I'll have to it, check that out. See if it's streaming. Cool. Your local uh, Redbox. Redbox. <laughs> Uh, What's a red box? It's, you pay a dollar oh, and they, they sell it out of DVD. Oh, right, yeah. You know? That's crazy stuff. Yes. How do you, you just return it whenever? You return it within like one business day or something like that, but oh, really? it, it's great. I, I did, I tried mine for the first time in uh, January and I just, I don't know what movie it was. I think it was like Inception or something because mm -hmm. they, yeah, it that's a, a crazy months. movie. Yeah. It was, it was a buck and then you, you have to enter your email and stuff, but every every so often they send you like a free rental. So I saw two DVDs really? for a dollar. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Our next letter is from Michael Sherman. Michael Sherman. Yes, and this is a really big topic. It's, it's The subject matter is metering. Mm -hmm. Oh, jeez. We yeah. go on all day. Yeah, we could talk a day about it. But the header is what what's a gray card used for? Oh, okay. That's easy enough. And there's a second letter about the zone system. Oh, jeez. That's... Yeah, that's that's a couple. Zone. I call it the Twilight Zone system. Yeah, uh, but that's from Dan. Again, another letter from Dan. Uh, Dan says, "Can you recommend a decent spot meter?" Now, I never use a spot meter, but I know hmm. John Fidelli uses a spot meter. Mm -hmm. You had for years. Yes. And Matt, you, you have a spot meter. Yeah, I have an old Minolta with a spot attachment. And yeah. What do you have, John? <sighs> I forget. I remember back in the day. <laughs> Back in I haven't the used it in so long, I can't even yeah. really remember. Back in the days when we were doing some film projects, uh, like the ones we were doing with the bad, those mm -hmm. music videos, I remember I just didn't do any more metering anymore because yeah. you guys really just jumped in with your spot meters. Yeah. You guys were really, they were really like hyper with their yeah. meters. It yeah. was fun. But yeah, so I just put away my Gosselin yeah. Pro. I let you guys get the exposures. Yeah. But there are two different methods. You guys were always spot metering, and I was always using instant light. Okay. Now, this is such a big topic, and it, it's going to take... I don't know if we can discuss it here, because it's, it, you know, well, we, could talk about, we could talk about the basics, which is yeah. hmm. reflective reading, incident reading, spot reading. Well, can I say, I only spot meter in, in the latter part of my usage, once I got over the incident reading. I only spot metered to see what the highlights were. Okay. Just okay. to see, not the whole image, just to see how... Um, you know, how many stops it would be over and if the film that I was shooting with was going to be able to and hold it. If you're going to blow it out or yeah, not. Exactly, yeah, exactly. What it was going to look like. I do the, the exact so. opposite. I do the, I, I spot me to the shadows just to make mm -hmm. sure I get the Well, the shadows too, yeah, right. Exactly. The difference between the lightest and the darkest. Exactly. I mean, and image. that's, that goes into the whole zone system thing, but mm -hmm. I, I think that's beyond the scope of what the question is. It's the what's what's well, the gray card used for? I used the Google and I found Ben Johnston Photography. Johnston or Johnson? Johnston. Johnston? Yeah. Really? Ben Johnston Photography dot com, and he says uh, it just says Ben Johnston Photography dot com dot 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 a perfect exposure every time, and mm. there's a whole page here. Uh, that's using, a bold statement. There's a whole page here using a gray card for correct exposure. Hmm. And he says, um, have you ever taken a photo of a bright scene only to have it turn out underexposed, darker than it looked? Or perhaps a night scene that ended up far too bright? 
The reason for the under overexposure is your camera is trying to adjust, so it exposes for an average middle gray, or what's known as 18% gray, which is a gray card. Yep. You can correct these problems with a Kodak gray card. By metering off the gray card that's already set for 18%, you should get a correct exposure for your scene. Hmm. But why gray? Well, it's gray because um, your camera doesn't see in color. No, camera doesn't see in color, and the, the default setting for any of the, this, any of the metering functions is middle gray. So when it does an average of the scene, it looks for, it looks for middle gray, and, and it tells you what the average of that scene is at 18% gray and guesses your exposure mm -hmm. there. If it does spot, you put the little, red, little black, red or black dot on whatever you want to be your exposure, and it says what that is at middle gray, even if it's like your mm. highest highlight or your shadow, so you have to kind of adjust for that, so or don't, the camera does it. So don't meter, meter off of a black wall or a snow. Um, exactly, because it sees that as middle gray. Right. You're telling the camera what middle gray is at that point. Interesting. Well, spot metering and reflective metering, metering are similar. They're the same, right? One's just... Um, there are different uses. I don't even know the last time I used reflective. I always go incident. Right. It's preference. Incident. <laughs> I know incident as when Incidentally. you... Incidentally. <laughs> when you uh, put the uh, white globe... Yeah. yeah. Slide the white globe over, and you, you meter from the perspective of the subject. Yeah, you just mm -hmm. pop it right on them. Yeah. The, and the uh, meter is seeing the 18% gray through the white globe. Exactly. So... Hmm. Um, but uh, that's what the gray card is used for. And I used to have one, and I've lost it. <laughs> I, I don't have mine, but my, my wedding suit is very close to oh, middle gray, right? so okay. I'll stick my jacket out <laughs> <Look at you. laughs> and go from there. there now, you if, if your uh, skin tone is, is medium, your, your skin tone Not it. is... Yeah. I would say, John, you have a 18% gray skin tone. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Should I yes. consult my doctor about this? <laughs> if you... <laughs> If you're, too pa <laughs> I mean, if you're too pale or your pigment's too dark, it's not going to work. Mm. I'm just right? Yeah. So, so can I hire myself out as a gray card, walking <laughs> gray card? <laughs> Many times I've used my hand up to, to meter, right. reflective metering off. There you right. go. So that's what the gray card is. Uh, zone system is, I, I, I may be mistaken. Did Ansel Adams uh, come up with a zone system? Yeah, it's a... Uh, it was an Ansel Adams thing. I can't remember the name of the other guy that they, they both worked on it together in the, the 40s and 50s, but pretty much... It's just averaging yeah, the highest and lowest. Well, it's not averaging the highest and lowest. It's it's determining the, the the darkest shadow that you want to have detail and the, the highest highlight that has detail. You measure the amount of, of zones in there. They hmm. Some some systems have it 0 to 10. Some have it 1 to 9 or whatever. Hmm. And based on this, it's, it's not a formula, but based on what that difference is, if it's a... It's a Short range, you can it show the zone system uh, pretty much calibrates your equipment to the point where you can change how the exposure, the final print's going to look mm. based on development and different print times. It's very darkroom based, but wow. there's a lot of people that are applying it to um, modern technology and mm -hmm. digital. And some of these guys go so far into it; it's like calculus homework. Yeah. And oh I, my goodness! You know, I, I don't want to do that. I yeah. just want to take a nice picture. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's a little well, bit heady. I tend to shoot very fast, uh, so I tend to meter very fast. When I meter, I've been trying. I've been using such such old cameras lately right. that have no meters. You got to use your own Sunny 16. I'll just yeah, I'll, I'll use Sunny 16. If you Google Sunny 16, you'll see a way to meter outdoors without a light meter. Yeah, and you can use your hand for the f-stops and everything. Yeah. The shape <laughs> oh. that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's there's a way to count the zones and the f-stops with your with your fingers and oh the f-stops. If you remember, I don't know. It's, really? So some people get into it. Yeah. Well, for me, I've always, you know, indoors, key light, shadow, backlight, that's it. 
that's how I come up with, and I just adjust lights in a studio situation. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly if you're in a situation, Matt and I were talking off, offline about well, if you're shooting a uh, a landscape that you may meter it using the zone system and come up with a figure you don't like, you don't, you just don't like the way it's metering. Something may be too hot. And in that case, you really just have to uh, come back in an hour. Yeah, these guys camp out sometimes. Yeah, you really have three, to, four hours, two days. You know, you have to find what time of day you know is the best to mm-hmm. shoot that scene that that suits you. So the zone system for me gets a little hairy because it's too mathematical for my brain. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It just it doesn't suit me. It doesn't suit me for my personality and mm-hmm. my photography. But for someone who has <laughs> has a mathematical brain, I was gonna say someone has a smarter brain. <laughs> Somebody who has a bigger money, brain than Mike Rasso. Yeah. It, it may suit you just fine to be that mathematical about your photography. I, I, I can't do it. It just it gets in the way of what I'm trying to do. There's plenty of information. Yeah. And there's a lot of the guys it. that it gets so far in the way that they lose sight of, you know, taking the picture. I they can see it. So that would happen to me because I would get way too caught up in the mathematics of it all. When I was shooting Kodachrome last year, I would bracket my exposures. There you uh, go. Those were the days. <laughs> One, two, three, done. Yeah, Let's I would go. just bracket the exposures. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that the easiest way, really? Especially if you're doing a landscape. I don't see it as cheating. I really don't. No, it's no. just, it's just, you know. I Who mean, says it's cheating? Well, of course, if you're shooting 8x10 film, like Matt does, it's mm-hmm. not that much of an option. It, yeah. it gets a little pricier to yeah, go sure. to bracket your exposures. That's about 30 bucks for okay. me if I bracket. So yeah, well. That's why you got to do it right the first time. That's right. the only reason I really use it. We're going to, uh, very quickly, we have some quick Polaroid help letters. Help, help, please. Someone help me, please. Someone help me with my Polaroid. This is from uh, Matthew Pratter. He says, I've been Googling for 45 minutes and I cannot find a list of what Polaroid cameras take the Fuji Film FP Instant Films. Mm. There's been a lot of talk on the podcast about shooting Polaroid, so I hope you can help me. You can help. Of course oh, yeah. I can. Yes, you can. I have to tell you, with the Polaroid, there are lots of numbers and names of film. Easily get confused. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, my God. Well, they've gosh. been doing it for how long? 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah. And the numbers don't necessarily make sense with what camera is being used. Okay. For example, why does Polaroid 779 film fit a Polaroid 600 camera? Doesn't make insanity. any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, it makes no sense. But it's very important to just get to the root of it, of what's easily accessible and currently available to to what you need to do. And if you talk about instant FP, you're talking about pack film, FP100C, FP3000B. Currently, you can find a lot of film out there that's expired, but right now these are the only... Uh, stocks that are being manufactured so to start with that's all you need to know mm-hmm. and those films go with the polaroid 100 series pack cameras feel free to jump in if you No, you're doing it right so okay, far good. so yeah the pack <laughs> cameras you have i mean i'm making this as basic as possible the 100 series are the fold-out cameras they have the bellows mm-hmm. bellows <laughs> and you have the polaroid 100 and those numbers go all the way up to polaroid 450 oh. and you also have the the uh the hard plastic cameras known as the color pack cameras. And you have the color pack, the color pack 2, the color pack 3, the color pack 4, super shooter. <laughs> and there might be a few more. The most popular is the color pack 2. I don't know why. I must own like three of them, maybe four of them. I keep getting new color pack cameras when I go to the diner. Because <laughs> the women who work at the diner, they go to flea markets. Oh, they're your uh, Polaroid connection. Yes, yeah, my Polaroid they go connection. To swap meets. Not and swap meets. those also take the FP films so in a nutshell that's it but there's some great resources online and go to the show notes show notes and you can get to the show notes by going to filmphotographypodcast.com looking (laughs) 
It's the first time you said it. This, this no, whole say that's that's our email address. Yo, <laughs> if you go to filmphotographypodcast.com, Yo. next to the, next to the show, what show? You'll see a link that says uh, show notes. All right, click there. on that, and there you go. And th- that's where you're going to put links to to Polaroid help. There's a few great websites. sites like the Land List. Okay. You have uh, Camerapedia. <coughs> that's that's Camerapedia. The There's a gentleman, uh, Moominshan. Really? He has a website. That guy? Yeah. That the guy, guy with the toilet paper rolls and the funny dance? No. <laughs> no? Nope. Who's that guy? You never saw Moominshan's commercials? No. Oh, uh, um, you're a little, you're yeah, a lot I'm younger oh than geez. me. Oh, jeez. Okay. Here we go. This is a uh, friend, uh, Jay Godsey from sickpress.com. Hey, Jay Godsey. S I C P R E S S S I C P R E S S dot com. It's book repair and cleaning supplies. Book repair? There's a whole cult <coughs> around restoring, you know, textbooks. Really? Yeah. Who knew? That's like there's a that's whole crazy. thing. I, I checked out the website. I'm like, whoa! You could buy glues. You know, re- uh, Joe Kobeck would be interested really? in this because you buy a lot of old books. I would be very interested in this because my kids rip every book I ever give them. <laughs> Uh, Jay Godsey is interested in the Jigotsi. older. <laughs> Jigotsi is interested in the older non-plastic Polaroids, but I dare not buy one off eBay because I may not be able to get film for it. Mm. They're so expensive on eBay now because everybody's getting into them. Yeah, thanks, Impossible, Mike. Impossible, yeah, all that stuff. So that's the same. The, an- the answer is the same. The whole rundown of the uh, FP one hundred C FP three thousand B. Which leads into our next question, or actually the answer to our question. Uh, a month or so ago, we were having a roundtable, myself, Dwayne, and John, talking about why does uh, Polaroid have a 3,000-speed film? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why? Why, why, why? Why God's name? And thank goodness, uh, our good friend Brian Stacy wrote in. A lot of information here. Oh, wow. The instant well, wh- film was developed to record the trace off an oscilloscope screen huh. or the display off of any CTR screens. Hmm. He says, think of those round screens with green wavy lines like in a sci-fi movie. The only way to record what the trace looked like was to either put some thin paper over the screen and sketch it with a pencil or with high-speed film. How would you like to be that guy? No. Oh, God, I missed it. my mind. This Polaroid film gave those engineered dudes an instant permanent record of the display on the screen. Well, look at that. He's like, mystery solved? Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And then he goes on like a... Second oh my page, God. yeah. Look at that. The third page. What these are just additional the additional notes about radiology. Side uh, notes, footnotes, definitions yeah. for all of us. Industrial uh, applications. So it's mostly scientific applications. They used it for scientific, and I guess they figured they had the film was being manufactured. Why not, you know, mm. pawn it off on the uh, consumers as well? Well, we should shoot some. Well, I've shot tons. Oh, what'd yeah. you get? A lot of black and white images. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, Anything I, unique about it that you like? Yes, or? thank you. I'm, you know what, John? I'm glad you asked that. Oh. The Polaroid 3000, or now it's called Fujifilm FP3000B. The uh, Polaroid film's out of date, if you could find mm. it. It used to be called 667 film. It's a black and white film, and the great thing about it, it's the crack and peel film, mm. but it produces the negative side that's scannable. Oh, cool. Yeah. No kidding. You could scan it, then reverse the image, and it gives you... a. Uh, a a lower contrast, hmm. grainier image, hmm. and it's quite pleasing. Well, wow. so if you have a color pack two camera or a pack camera that will t- that will take these films and uh, check out the FP three thousand B. It's really really I I it's my go to black and white film right now. I'm gonna have to get some of that. Yeah, I, I've only fantastic. shot the one hundred C, but that's a, that sounds right up my alley because yeah. I always feel like I need a little more speed indoors and things like that. Don't we all? Mm. Okay, we're moving right along. How's it going, guys? Good, great. 
Joe's waiting for something to shoot, like a demonstration. Is Holy Joe going to be standing all, all day? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel so bad. Oh, Are man. Are sure you don't want this stool? No, no, no. He's, he's waving a little bit, so oh, I was, yeah. I'm, I'm worried. Okay. Okay, in between shows, you can get some coffee? Okay, that's awesome. good. You know, I would uh, ask Matt to demonstrate a camera, but you know what? I'm gonna think, I have to jump into the spotlight on the Canon T50. No problem. Okay. Do it quick. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be able to do it in two minutes. All right, John, get ready. My, my Here we go. Is that older than the... The AE one no, and stuff. Newer. Is it newer? Okay. It's the '83 uh, model. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I've never seen one in life before, so cool. Is it a different lens, or does it take the same lenses? Ooh, same, same arsenal of lenses. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Because I have an AE one, and I love that camera. Yeah, I love it too. Today, our featured camera is the Canon. T50 camera. This is a uh, camera that was made in 1983 by Canon, and it was the first of the their famous T series that replaced their A series. And when people think of a Canon camera from the 1980s, you probably automatically think of the Canon AE1. Definitely. Probably the most famous SLR 35 millimeter camera, and a huge marketing campaign with mm. commercials and lots of print advertisements, and it really revolutionized the 35 millimeter SLR. Uh, business. But by 1983, just two years after introducing the AE-1, the consumer market started to change. Uh, Canon and other companies started introducing uh, 35 millimeter point-and-shoot cameras, mm -hmm. and the whole consumer base started wanted simpler. They want simpler, uh, easier camera an easier camera to use. Canon came back with the first in their T-series, which is the Canon T50. And at first, uh, I had no interest in this camera whatsoever because it's fully automated. And I thought, well, what am I going to do with that? Yeah, what are you mm -hmm. going to do with that? Exactly. But then, <laughs> FPP listener and uh, guest blogger Brian Moore, he sent me an email. He said, well, why don't I do a blog about my Canon T50? And I thought that was a terrific idea because I knew nothing about the camera. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it is so simple, uh, I, I wanted to see images that were produced from it and um, understand what functions and features it had. So Brian submitted the blog and had, he had these great night images hmm. shot with the T50. And I was so impressed that I went on eBay.com and I decided to buy not one but two, <laughs> hey. but two Canon T50s uh, to try them out for myself. Most notably, night photography, mm -hmm. which can be a little hairy. Sure. And since my sensibilities of shooting never really uh, embraced fully automatic cameras. Uh, this was a perfect exercise for me to actually grab a camera, go out and shoot, and let the camera do the work regarding exposures. See what you get. And me concentrate on what lens I'm going to use and uh, subject matter. Now, this is a fully automatic camera that has very simple functions. As you can see, the only buttons to press are, it's like three, there's four choices here. You have a self-timer, you have the program mode, you have L, which is lock, off, and then you have BC, which is nothing more than battery check. Battery's so good. The camera takes the Canon FD lenses. These are very well known because yep. they're awesome, awesome lenses. There's a whole line of lenses uh, for the whole you know, Canon AE-1, Canon FTB, Canon T-series, T50, T70, T90. So what made this camera unappealing to me actually became sort of a selling point. Wow, I'm going to grab a camera, go out and shoot, and let the camera do all the work, and also start doing night photography. Mm -hmm. Now, what put me off initially about night photography was the fact that, you know, we have to meter it, yeah. figure out what f-stops to shoot. A lot of guessing. A lot of guessing. 
so I let the Canon T50 do all the work. Yeah, how'd it do? Did fantastic. And um, I should mention <clears throat> that uh, uh, people may want to know about the technical aspects of the shutter speed. It's fully automated, and it, from two-second exposure to one one-thousandth of a second at the A mode. Put your lens actually in A. Oh, okay. Now, once you're in A, through the eyepiece, I was really amazed that I'm going to take a shot. There is uh, no information in the eyepiece other than AP. Doesn't tell you oh, what wow. your exposure or anything nope. is. Nope. No meter, wow. no nothing. Doesn't tell you anything. It's and scary. I found that, yeah. uh, you know, strangely uh, refreshing. It is, but I don't know. Well, what do you get, John? I was going to say, what if you want to try and, you know, emulate it with a, uh, a non-automatic camera? What do you mean emulate it? Explain See if you could get as good a shot with your uh, try the same exposure. Exposure, yeah, camera. a different yeah. camera, exactly. Well, what I found interesting about this camera is that there is a way, of course, to override the fully automatic uh, uh, aspect of it by taking your lens out of A, and when you take it out of A, there you go. You break camera it. automatically. Uh, resorts to one sixtieth of a second. Okay. Okay. Is that so the default? Just the de it's just the okay. default. So if you wanted to use a non-Canon flash, you could easily put another flash in there and keep it on manual mode. Uh, Canon did introduce a brand new flash for this camera. That is so cute. It is, isn't it? It's tiny. It's called the Canon 244T. I'm always very curious with equipment, and the fact is, why would you need the 244T for this camera? Well, this flash was actually designed for this camera, so I did a series of tests mm -hmm. with three different flashes. The Canon Canon 177A flash, uh, this flash, and a non-Canon flash. And believe it or not, the, this little dinky flash performed the best. Hmm. Cool. They designed a sensor in here. Oh. So that bounces off your subject, takes the reading, and uh, fires the uh, shutter. A few things about the T50 that are features that I wish it had, but it doesn't. The first is that there's no B, which is known as bulb mode for the shutter, meaning that you can't, you cannot open up the shutter and leave the shutter open for, let's say, a time exposure. You're absolutely subject to the automatic function of the uh, program mode, which according to specs says that the shutter speed is automatically controlled from two seconds to one one thousandth of a second when in program. So the question is, when doing a night scene for, you know, night photography, the question is, will the shutter stay open longer than two seconds when the, the program mode reads the scene. So I've done some night shots with the T50 based on the fact that I saw Brian Moore's night shots. I thought they were terrific. And the night shots that I've shot have been, you know, pretty satisfactory. But I've never really noticed if if the shutter stayed open more than two seconds. So I guess I'll have to do more testings. And of course, since there's no B bulb mode with this camera, there's no cable release to uh, trigger the shutter without touching the camera. Those are some negative aspects of the camera. But, you know, overall, outside of those few things, the camera is, is really terrific. Very complicated very, system. Very automated. That's so, I mean, it was designed for, for, for a consumer market. Okay. When the camera is uh, in loading the camera. Auto winding? Yeah, auto wind. That sounds good. Yeah, it's auto yeah. wind. See, that frightens me more than manual. Why is that? Winding. Because, I don't know, what if it doesn't take? Well, I'm going to show you that in a second. Uh, that frightens me. I like to know that it's taken when really? I shut that door. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I shoot with confidence with this camera. I but do. It, it, the thing is, it, it doesn't tell you if it's a long shutter speed to keep still or anything, you know? That that would be something good to because you don't know what your how long your shutter's open for. The only thing it tells you that if the scene's too dark, the the the, the green P blinks. So blinking, yeah. That means you know get a tripod, buddy. <laughs> so okay. Now there's no auto rewind, but when you're done shooting, it does make a noise to tell you that you're done. 
telling you it's done. See, I would just bust it like my alarm. <laughs> I'd start doing that to Have me, a so. sleep function oh, I'm, up. I'm up, yeah. So the film aspect of this, as with uh, many, many 35-millimeter cameras, there's a little button on the bottom. Push it. You push and in. Wind. Now that's going to release the film so yeah, that you can manually that. wind the film back. Here's your manual wind. See, that little, uh, that little electronic no or mechanical noise is nice. Yeah, it lets you know that it's... Yeah, it My is. X700, released. when you push it, sometimes you don't know whether oh. it's released or not. And you'll be like, oh, is it done or not? The great thing to know about 35mm cameras in general is that the functions on older model cameras are all basically the same. Mm. Whether it's a Minolta or a Canon, most of them, yeah. if it's not completely automatic... It have the button on the bottom, which, by the way, you have to press before you rewind your film. I know somebody. Snap. Right here. <laughs> oh, really? I wasn't, I, I did, I wasn't I, even I, talking I, about I you. I know. I did it on my G35. Yeah. You have to push the button. It breaks it. It yeah. does. Snap. And that's bad. As with the Canon FTB and the Canon AE-1, you just kind of pull this up. Pop. Pop. Goes pops the back out. Back it resets door. the counter. There's my favored uh, Kodak. Kodak E6. Ectochrome film. I like to shoot slides. E6. Yeah, you do. Which is quite a challenge for a fully automatic camera because yeah. if you don't nail the exposure, you're, you know. You'll know heft. if it's off, yeah. Yeah. Now, in loading a 35 millimeter camera, that's a question as well uh, how to properly load a 35 well, millimeter self camera. This one's self loading, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm going to show you that. Let's pop it in there, place it on the thing, close the door. <laughs> well,. Here we go. We have a roll 35mm film, and with this camera or any 35mm camera, the question is how to properly load it. Now, I actually sent Brian, you know, Brian who turned me on to the mm -hmm. T50, an email asking a really stupid question. I'm like, Brian, how do you know? Because for like, I don't know, a few hours I was like, duh. Uh, how on. do I know that the camera's actually taking the film up? Right. Like how? Duh. Look at your take-up spool. When you advance the film, the tape take-up spool should be turning. Mm. Which, here's I tried it a few times and it wasn't turning. And what it was is if you have a fresh roll of film, if the film in the cartridge is loose, it's not going to... Ah. It's not going to make this... It's not Initially, make, yeah. yeah. So, so you opened up the back when it wasn't turning? And well, I took the film, which I have in my hand, and I kind of tightened it All right. around the spool. That's a good tip. Tricky. Yeah, I didn't know that. Tricky. Look at this. I mean, it's still not moving. So yeah. it's still... Got to keep going. Got to yeah. keep going. Oh, feel it getting... To, oh, there, there it is. is. Now the film is actually moving in a canister, mm. which means when I load the film, it's going to be tighter, which will make the spool turn. So in loading this film... Here it is. <laughs> I'm do it for the camera. Just go. Put your film in. This is pretty standard for just about every 35mm uh, uh, camera. Put your film in. Drop it, lock it, pull it across. Uh, there's a little button here, a little indicator, which is fantastic. You just bring your film across so it lines up with that orange button, and then you just close the door. Let the camera do the rest. Uh, make sure I figure out what the ISO is. It's 200. Where do you set that on there? You can set more than 100 and 400, yeah. right? I hope so. <laughs> yes, you can. All right. Now I'm going to advance it. We're at S, starting at S. S. I didn't hear it take up. No, I didn't do anything yet. Oh, okay. Oh, you got to hit it? Okay. Oh. And there's the indication that I did it properly. The film rewind side is actually turning. Look at that. There you go. How many times have you taken your 35-millimeter camera out, and you forgot to set the... And you're using the internal meter, but you forget to set the ASA, or known mm -hmm. as ISO. In yeah, the it happens all the time. Yep. Stoops. <sighs> It's a that. real bummer, man. It is, it, it is. It really is, and it's so stupid. <laughs> I know. 
Well, that's where you usually make your mistakes on the most simplest things. Well, most newer 35-millimeter cameras are what's known as DX-coded, which mm -hmm. is there's a... They uh, read the film speed? Yeah, there's a chart. <laughs> there's some kind of computer space-age chart here <laughs> on a roll of film that tells your camera what ISO or yeah. ASA it is. Okay. Uh, what I love about this camera is such a hybrid between the T90 and the AE-1. You know, it's like it's still... It's like all functional, you know, all automatic, but yet it still has... You have to set the ASA yourself. Right here in the back, you have to set this yourself. But just, I don't know if you can see this over there on the camera. It's tiny. Where you push it down and you have a wind or whatever. You can just turn this down. You gotta just move. If you break it, you have another one, so. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. I moved it to 200 ASA, so now I'm ready to shoot. That's pretty much it. I've been shooting the last two weeks with this camera. This is the, what, the first camera to use a what's known as a vertically traveling metal blade shutter, which is much different than the Canon AE-1 cloth shutter. It sounds uh -huh. like it's trying to kill you, really. I was going to say, it sounds like some kind of... Don't, gonna, get, you, uh, don't get your finger in the shutter. I think you know. my razor uses that technology. I'm going to show you the uh, shutter. Shutter! Dun, 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 dun. Will it still fire without a lens? Yeah, well. Oh, wow. Most of them don't. You know, the newer ones, they won't. Look at that. Hmm. Metal. Yeah. Oh, it's metal. Okay. It has this vertically. And can you believe that this shutter actually opens and closes by two magnets? Is that okay. right? Yeah, that's pretty shocking. That's cool. So Crazy. The older cameras have a cloth yeah. Yeah, shutter. The Canon AE-1 oh. does. And uh, Canon FTB, the Canon FT. Do you have any questions about this camera? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Why'd you buy two? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I bought two because if I'm out on a shoot, I like to have like an extra body with me. Of the same exact camera. Why not? I would thought you would bring something different. Well, I, this may answer you your question. You would bring that as a backup One camera. One body cost me $16. Oh, oh that's really? not bad. That's, 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 that's with the lens or just the body? With the standard uh, Canon F1.8 lens. Score, yeah. Yeah. That's really cheap. That's nothing. Yeah. The other one came in a package. It was a little bit more. It's flea market cheap. It came with a twin, the, the uh, flashlight. The flash. Flashlight. <laughs> flashlight. So if you, if you go to show notes, I'm also going to do a show notes. I'm also going to do a new separate blog on the T50 to show the images, the yeah, night images. That would be worthwhile looking at. I, I ran a uh, roll of. Uh, Kodak T-Max 100 through this camera and shot exteriors, like uh, exterior of the Carnival Spot Pizzeria, mm. uh, exterior of Max Diner. These are nights? Oh, yeah. Night scenes? And they came out pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. Does it go longer than two seconds in the, the manual oh. exposure mode? That's, that was because you said two seconds. I'm telling right you, away. yeah, it's from the fact sheet. Oh, by the way, this camera takes only takes two AA batteries. Which is huh. great, you know. You, Instead you, of the watch batteries. Right. Yeah, that's really handy, Dan. Yeah, that is yeah. handy. I always forget my dime to open up the thing nah. to put the batteries. Yeah, in at the you end have to of the do day. it too often, though. According like to the spec sheet, or something like that. <laughs> exactly. According to the spec sheet, the, sh the shutter's a two-second exposure to one one-thousandth of a second. So, mm, that's a really great question. Just because I, mean, I, I know, you know, I'm shooting with the, the bigger cameras, but two seconds is two seconds is nothing. Yeah. Um, night exposures. Well, the night shots I've been shooting has. You know, existing store lights, shop lights. Oh, okay. I mean, That's there are some lights there. I can't say that the lenses I'm I'm shooting with are particularly fast. Hmm. When we talk about a fast lens or a slow lens. Um, some of the specialty lenses, like the Canon uh, 20 to 35 millimeter lens, uh, the uh, widest opening is f 3.5. Yikes! So that's considered. Not fast, but mm -hmm. not slow, but it's it's sort of middle of the road compared to my f 1.4 50 millimeter lens, which yeah. is uh, pretty sweet. So, hmm. 
We're going to um, head we got next. got a lot left. We do have a lot left. Oh, Let's but go. We're, but we're going to barrel through. Chop, chop. And uh, now that we're done with my presentation of the can of T-50s. Get that out of here. Both of them. We'll be right back right after this quick message. Hey, it's Mike Rosso, and I'm here to tell you about The Pink Delicates and their full-length album, Who Stole the Quiet Day. You've heard lots of cuts here on the podcast, and you can check out their full-length album by going to cdbaby.com and searching Pink Delicates. Their music is right there, ready for download purchase or buy the CD. Check out The Pink Delicates, Who Stole the Quiet Day. Today we're going to be talking about the Mamiya 645 series. This is one of the newer ones, the 645 AF camera. It's, um, John might not like it, it's, it's autofocus. It does have automatic functions, but it has a lot of the functions of your modern digital cameras. I, I had no idea they made a camera like that. Yeah, this was this guy's from this guy's from like 1999. I think oh, it's really? not it's not too old, and it's the same body style and lenses and backs that the digital cameras that they make hmm. take. So like. God forbid, but if I were to ever, you know, have enough money for three new cars and I wanted to buy the 80 megapixel digital back, you could just you slap can, it on there. You can literally just take this off and put your digital back on. So wow, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Now this is, this is a camera that takes either 120 roll film or 220 roll yep, film. Yep, 120, 220. They have uh, interchangeable backs here, and on the back it just says 120 or hmm. 220, and you just push this little pe- pressure plate up, and it changes. Oh, the, look at that. So that, and that just changes the amount of pressure because the, the paper backing is different. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, ah. All right, let's throw some <laughs> film. For those throw of you don't know. <laughs> it's a film pusher. For those of you who don't know, 120 film is a paper-backed film. It's my test roll. Oh, okay, Paper-backed film. Oh, film. The pain. Oh, every time it hits light, yeah. So this is the film that your camera takes. Yes. And the, the difference between 120 and 220 is they're the same, except the 220 has more exposures on the roll. Correct. Without paper. Um, it, it's paper, but I think it's it's a different thickness, hmm. I think it is. So it's um, it puts less pressure on, on the plate to spin That's it around. That's why you have to spin it around. Yeah, because it's got a little... It's got a few more exposures. So on this camera, it's a 645 size negative, so the negative pretty much looks... Like this guy right here, like a Super 35, I guess is mm-hmm. how I call it sometimes. On 120, you get 16 shots. On 220, you get 32 shots. Wow. Ooh. So you, That's it, a huge difference. Yeah, it's a staple. That's like double. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, and, go ahead. It's a staple for wedding photographers, 220. It's, I was it's, just going to ask that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's for right. wedding guys. What made you pick this camera up? I picked this camera up because it was ridiculously cheap for what it was. This camera still sells new in, well, like the new used condition at... Like your New York camera shops for two, three thousand dollars, and I found it for a couple hundred. Now, what does what's there are a lot of Mamiya six forty five cameras. How do you know which model from which? Is there a guide or something available online? Yeah, there's uh, Mamiya. Even on their site, still tells you the difference between all their cameras. They're they're really good. Them and Hasselblad, they're really awesome. They about have telling abandoned their. No, they they still know their roots and they still celebrate people that shoot film. So right. it's pretty cool. Celebrate. So I yeah. Such a great such a great word. I'm trying to bring the vocabulary up a notch, but yeah, we'll no, see what happens. Please do. We've been throwing out so many numbers today. I'm just 
Yeah. Yeah, Throw out some new words. Celebrate. Celebrate. There we now, go. I noticed that this camera, rather than popping open the back and, like, you know, dropping in your 120 film and, and dragging it over and putting on another spool, it has what's known as a magazine. Yeah, it has little magazines and just there's, like, a, I would say a cassette and a holder. So this is the, the holder that drops into it. I'd open it up, but I've got some Velvia 100 Okay, in here. yes, yes. I actually decided to shoot slide film for some apparent Oh, very reason. nice. <laughs> and I have a couple different magazines, so when this is all done, push these two buttons, it pops out, and you literally drop it in and these buttons click it just holds it in hmm. and then there's a little very simple i don't know if you can see right there there's a little dot the mm -hmm. little eye right there and it just reads the film and it'll automatically spool it for you and it'll spool it back when the roll's done so it's it's a little faster pace kind of camera it's the closest it's for me it's the closest thing to getting to a digital camera if you know how to use that jump right to it riding a bike <laughs> I, I noticed that on top there are buttons if you could just hold it up towards the camera sure. to show the wheel that looks very similar to like a canon yeah, it really does yeah. Yes. You, know, you have a P, a program mode. Mm -hmm. As it was once it has a TV, manual, P, P, AV. Yep. So one is favors the shutter speed, and one is an aperture. Yep, one's aperture, aperture priority, mode. one's uh, programs pretty much the automatic, and then uh, TV is the shutter speed, M is completely manual, X is for the higher speed um, flash sync. There is an, so when you put it on, on P for program, is there an internal uh, a light meter? Oh, yeah, there's a great internal meter, and there's even buttons here on the side to... You can permanently, mm. there's a little lock, and you can permanently adjust the exposure to um, mm. anywhere from plus three to minus three. Ooh. So I always like I always like my 400 speed film like a th half a stop over. So mm -hmm. I'll just set this permanently to half a stop over, and then the camera will always know to, to do that. So And you have your everything. What I like about this, unlike the digital cameras where you have to dig through all these different menus mm -hmm. to get your settings, everything on here has a button. Why? Because there's no LC, there's there's this little LCD readout here, but that's to tell me, hey, you got one shot left. Right. So everything has a dial. So there's my metering right there. Average, average spot, which is automatic, and then spot. Oh, metering. wow. What a functional camera. It, it's very functional. It's it's what the pros, the, the digital pros, and you know what, what the film guys shot back mm -hmm. in the day, and it's this, just awesome. That seems to be an ideal camera because you could attach a digital back to it. Yeah, that's yeah. something else. Do they make any, like, are the newer models the same way that it's a digital camera, but you could put a film back on it? Does it work in reverse like that? I think the first two series, because this was the, the first AF, then they have an AFD, and then they have an AFD2, and then they have the AFD3, which is called a Phase 1, and they're the people that make all the really hyper-expensive digital backs where they give you a free car if you buy a digital back. <laughs> Oh, damn, I needed a car. <laughs> well, were you saying that the digital backs were like, did, I mean, did you say like $20,000? Twenty to $60,000. And you think about how much film could I shoot for that? You for know? a digital back? For a digital back. And I can scan these to pretty much the same resolution, the, the negatives. Mm -hmm. On these, I get anywhere from 40 to 60 megapixel, depending on how long I want to sit there waiting for the scanner to right. go through them. But it, it serves its purpose well. And when I don't feel like doing everything manually with, with the Hasselblad, this gets, I trade off a little bit of the negative size, but I get a couple more shots and right. the comfort that I'm definitely getting the exposure. Well, I could sit here and stare at the camera. Yeah. It's really a sweet-looking camera. It's, it's fun to use. And it looks so so functional. It, and it, the fun I totally agree about the functionality, which is why on 35mm I love the Canon AE-1, because yeah, it's everything's right there on a button. Right. Whereas the newer camera, the newer, the newer it's Canon... It's menu-driven. The mm -hmm. Canon T90 is it's all... You have to dig through a menu. <clears> and yeah. Once you get used to it, it's fine, but it's a little intimidating. Yeah, and this... I mean, you can... If you want to go completely manual, you can do it right there, and you can set it right here. This controls your... Your, um, 
well, that's your, your autofocus. If you want to go manual, you go mm -hmm. right there, and it unlocks your lens, and you can, you can do everything manual from there. And then this right here, um, S mode, it actually activates this little uh, red light. It's an infrared light. Mm -hmm. it, it blinds your subject temporarily. Oh, oh, sorry. It blinds your subject temporarily to, uh, <laughs> to, oh, get, to get the focus, yeah. Oh, really? Or so does it shoot like here. I'll, I'll the see if I flash flashes. Or? It's, well, it just helps the focusing. I don't know if you can, can you see oh, that I coming see, at yeah. you. Can you see it coming? Yeah, at the I have that on the yeah. uh, little uh, digital camera I have at home. Yeah, so that's what it does. But it's it's a moment spoiler. That's what I call there it. There you go. Yeah, really it good. Spoils moment the moment. Yeah, it's just a, a fun camera to use. It's going to be my new wedding go-to. So I plan on doing my two film weddings with this guy and good. the Hasselblad. So yeah, it'll be a fun camera. I did and some shooting slide uh, film for that. Um, there is a roll of slide film in here, and that's just to get rid of it. Really, oh. I'm uh, I'm more on your side. I, I shoot a lot more guy. color neg. I think I've shot three rolls of, mm -hmm. of E6, and yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not good enough to to shoot it yet. More not accurate enough. Yeah, Mr. Slide Guy, shooting some slides. Uh, okay. I need to ask you some questions. Sure, shoot. <laughs> Sorry. Now, what about the older Mamiya 645 camera? Can you use, are the lenses interchangeable? Yes, they are. I can use any of the old Mamiya 645M, 645E lenses. Even that old Mamiya that I had? Yeah, I can pop that lens on here. But it's great. Where, how? Where? This looks all like, uh, you it, know. It is like a regular digital mount. You uh, press this little release button here and pull that out. And it's got the, it takes oh. the digital information for the reading. And I think some of the, the 645E <laughs> lenses take that. But it has room right here for the old bayonet mount where uh, the, the metal locks in. And so you lose some functionality in the newer, in the newer lenses? Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, the older lenses? No, well, actually, the older lenses uh, can help you in a way because some of them, some of the older lenses are the, the leaf shutter, which is in the lens. So you can achieve uh, faster sync speeds with your, with your lens. So you can get like a 1-500th for those outdoor flash portraits. You know, you got to say with this camera, they thought of everything. They really did. This is the, this is going to be, you know, this is a career camera. Yeah, you buy no it, and that's, that's it for the, the career. That's, a, but that's not a real good business principle. I think you know? Mamiya really stands by the fact that people are going to be buying their digital backs and their, their lenses. Like, because if you buy one of these lenses brand new, it's, you're dropping three, four, five grand. Wow. And Fascinating. Good for them. Yeah, exactly. That's great. It's going to be difficult for me not to buy this camera, even though I own a Mamiya 645. Well, mm -hmm. you, since you like shooting slide, and you know, yeah. we'll go out and shoot this. Oh, so. very nice. I bought a, a uh, rig, I'll call it a rig, off of a wedding photographer. Oh, really? Yes. And when I got the box, it was this big box. I felt, it was like, I felt sad going through it, because I knew that all this gear was used for so long, you know, on so many weddings... So many memories. He sent me also the bracket and the brace for the flash. I was just going to oh, ask you about those. that. Yeah, and it those. just was, it said wedding guy. Like yeah. his wedding guy. I could picture Gene Gabelli. Yeah. You know, shooting <laughs> with Gabelli. it. Yeah. So I've been so busy, you know, <laughs> shooting 110 film that uh, I have not yet gone out with my Mamiya 645, which I would guess that looked like what, like early 80s model? Mm. That, that might be even, yeah, might be even a little older. So, yeah. But so. go out and shoot with it. They're gorgeous negatives. Yeah. That well, you get, or positives, uh, whatever you shoot. Of course, uh, uh, you can send email to us uh, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, what are they doing out there? I'll get in touch. Yeah, outside there's some construction oh going God. on. Oh, my God. You could... Oh, uh, the ground just shook. Yes, it did. jeez. Oh, <laughs> you could uh, send us any Are you question? sure they're not knocking down this building? Has this been condemned? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't tell you? 
you could. Uh, it's actually is a what do you call those construction things? company? They're removing snow. Oh, snow removal. But they could accidentally remove cars. <laughs> Knowing so. my luck, I'm not going to make it home. With like, oh, look at this here. junker. Yeah. Ohio plates. Throw Come it in the back on, of yeah. the truck. But if you have a question about the Mamiya, uh, you can find Matt, by the way, on uh, our Flickr page, which is Flickr.com. Flickr. You look, you look up the uh, Film Photography Podcast group. Matt, how can people get in touch with you? Um, you can get in touch with me through the, the website. Um, that's mattmarash.com, M-A-T-M-A-R-R-A-S-H.com. And from there, I have links to Flickr, Twitter, Facebook, email. And I use the same screen name on everything just because it's... That's helpful. Form. Yeah, I, I started doing that when I was younger and then just stayed all the way through. So that's my screen name on everything is uh, M-A-T-4226. And that's, uh, on, that's what I am on Flickr. You can you know, look at the stream, ask me a question, send me mail. I, I try to answer everything that people send me. So. Wow. Great. Great. What a nice young man you are. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to be pull all of our uh, winners. We're going to be doing <gasps> a book of the month. We'll talk, be talking about book of the month. Yay! <laughs> I'll kill you if you say that again. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about what we're giving up our new contest to be announced. So we'll break back. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, producer of the Film Photography Podcast. If you visit our newly revised homepage, filmphotographypodcast.com, you'll notice that in the upper right-hand corner there's now a donate button. This means we want you to get involved. You can donate a vintage camera, as long as it works, some film, or U.S. dollars, which we'll turn around and put right back into the podcast, filmphotographypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Well, we're back, and uh, we're going to be giving away some cameras. Look at that stack of entries. Oh, this man. is, uh, we're giving away the Olympus Trip 35. Ah, oh, jealous. Great camera. This is uh, donated to the podcast by our good friend in the UK, Mr. Ian Cook. Yep, he's the trip trip guy. He's the trip guy, although he's sent me an email. I don't have he any information in front of me. He's like, I'm not the trip guy. Oh, really? He's like, oh, here's he's the email of the trip guy. The trip. Oh, yeah. he's our, our, our. Trip guy. I donated my non-functioning trip to the trip guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to give it to Ian, but Ian's like, "Well, no, you know, I don't really fix them." Give yeah. them To the trip guy, so I sent it to the trip guy. And what's he going to do with it? He just has dozens and dozens of trips. Wow. He's going to fix it. Does he sell them? I don't think so. Or is he hoarding them? I think he's hoarding them. Ah, nice. So nice. Gotta get. Gotta that's get pretty that easy guy. to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it happens quick. I'm currently triplets. <laughs> I can't go tripping triplets. right now. Triplets. 
Yeah, that's okay. Kind of, you know, doing other stuff. I could always get. I, f I figure later in the year I'm going to get back to the trip. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> Who are going to be our winners? <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're giving away, by the way, is not only the trip 35, but also a tr uh, flash. Mm. With nice. that, with that, that's oh, good nice. Package. And of yeah. course, we're going to throw. FPP is going to throw a roll of film. As of well. course, yes, of course. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to fan these out, and uh, Matt's going to pick a winner. All right, and our special pick a guest here. Pick a good one. Yep, get a good one. Now you could like kind of don't don't be shy like f like prod and finger through these. Okay. You know, so you could like. Mike's you know. not satisfied unless at least fifteen of those get touched. I won't, I won't get to all right. So you just I'm pull just gonna, one out. It's gonna run through. Yeah, I can't do that. I gotta add some drama to it. Get a paper cut halfway through here. <laughs> there we go. There's the drum roll. All right. So the winner is. Ryan Galbraith. Ryan. Ryan. Yay. All right. What's Ryan have to say? Okay. He says, hi, guys. First off, I love your podcast. I listen while I'm in my basement darkroom. After shooting digital for nearly 13 years, I decided I needed to return to film. I dusted off my old film cameras and thawed out the frozen Tri-X in my freezer. <laughs> and now I wow. remember what got me into photography nearly two decades ago. Analog photography. All right. That's, that's pretty solid commitment. Unlike a current digital camera, I know the Olympus Trip 35 still works and will continue to work for a long, long time. Thanks, and keep up the great work, Ryan. Well, I think it found a good home. FPP listener Jason was kind enough to donate his Holga 120N camera. Very nice. nice. Holga 120N it has a hot shoe on top. And, and that's what this is, the 120N, the basic Holga. There it is. Yep. Nice. Now, if you go on the eBay.com, you could also buy a... Uh, hot shoe what i call a hot shoe cube cube <laughs> which gives you a pc adapter so let's say you want to use cool. a different flash mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or i highly recommend that holga users you know because they're so wild and wacky yeah <laughs> like me that uh, if you have a flash off camera you can do some really cool stuff yeah my favorite thing to do, I won't, I won't drone on, I promise, is to put tungsten, <laughs> put tungsten balanced film in the Holga and then put a tungsten uh, filter on your flash so that when you shoot outside, let's say at dusk or dawn. Because mm. it's some really cool colors. Yeah, you're getting natural skin tone on your f subject, but the background is blue. Nice. And then, of course, if you have any street lights or anything going on. Those go so with this little wonder, you could accomplish all that. You know, you have your hot shoe. But we have uh, many entries. Oh, even more. Wow. John, why don't you mix these up? You know, you shuffle them. There you go, Matt. Oh, am I drawing this yeah, one too? Yeah, you do Well, the you were the one that was so excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. All right. Okay. All right, wait. Yay! Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> there, see? Isn't it fun? Isn't it fun? Oh, yeah. One more time, we Mike, go. and we'll, we'll have to... Yeah, Here's the drum roll. It is... Luigi Gabriel B. Espiritu. Oh, Luigi. Hey, Luigi. hey, hey. Paisan. He's from... Italy. <laughs> the Philippines. Oh. Wow. I didn't cool. know they had Luigi's in the Philippines. Yeah. What's All right. Say? All right. Dear FPP, I already entered in one of your contests, and the prize is Diana. I hope that you will also let me join this one. Well, I used to have a Holga. It was my first film camera a year ago, but unfortunately, as our semester in school is about to end, I'm graduating now, my mind starts my mind starts to argue with me on how how can I or will I get money to pay you know, pay the bills for school. Did he sell it? <laughs> pay bills on my I, school. I decided to take what my parents are giving me and decided to sell my Holga. Aww. Oh. Paying the bills with this Holga. 
It's a sad story, but yep. it has a very happy ending. Yes, it does. Oh, he saved some money, went to a thrift shop, and he found a Canon AE-1 for just the amount that he'd saved up over nice. the semester, scrounging wow. by. But he, uh, he, he thinks it's uh, thinks film is better than digital. Yeah, this is this is my story. It's a story and passion of love for for film photography. Long live film. Yep, that's his salutation. Long live film. There right. you go. Yeah, I think he made out pretty good on that. Yeah. That's a See, good story. I'll making that dreams come sure. true. That's what we're all about. Absolutely. Here. I apologize if I butchered any of your name, Luigi. Luigi. No, it's Luigi. Okay. Luigi Gabriel B. Espiritu. Espiritu. Uh, Espiritu. Ah, yes. Si. Grazie. Fantastic. Well, Next that's, up. that's a very happy ending. Yes. He had to sell his Holga to eat. <laughs> And now he's got a new one. Next up is our Diana Plus camera giveaway. Now, this is fantastic, and I will tell you why. It's no better or no worse. Look at that package. There's at least three boxes here. That's a lot of stuff. The first box is the actual camera that arrived from the Lomography Society, the New York City Gallery store. Brand new in the box. Pristine. Very, Very nice. As you know, I'll quickly recap. Bought a vintage Diana for myself, and I wanted to know if they were still being manufactured. So I called up the Lomography Society and I asked them, "Do they still make this?" And talking to uh, Laura on the phone, I said, "Hey, by the way, how would you feel about donating a new Diana to the podcast?" And she said, "That's a great idea." And the trooper she is, and a trooper she is. Look at that! All those folks at the Lomography Society—it's Lomography.com—and they get an absolute AAA plus for amazing fantastic package. Yeah, that's something. This is something else. Now, I mean, look. Oh, it even opens up. More. This comes out and you have all your stuff with it, your masks. Very nice Here's the camera. But the surprise of the day is, here's the Diana camera. Take that out. There's a hundred dollar (laughs) bill. I hope so. Under the Diana camera, (gasps) you get this book. Oh, that's nice. That is Quite a book. That is awesome. More true tales and short stories. And this is all photography oh, done wow. with the Diana camera. I mean, this is pretty pretty awesome. I was as awestruck as you guys are. There's also a few other like instructional books in there. Very Who's cool. the girl in the back? Is that Diana? Is that the... <laughs> <laughs> but that's not all. <gasps> what could there possibly be more? FPP listener Ryan heard that we were giving away the Diana, so he sent us his 35 millimeter back for the camera. Look at that. So the Diana, which is a 120 film camera, really a separate uh, item that you can get from Lomography is this. No way. 35 millimeter film back. Very cool. Diana 35 millimeter back plus. So this is also part of this. Uh, fantastic giveaway. This is a bonus. Bonus. No and kidding. Also, now you could they sell a um, a Fuji Instax instant photography back for this camera. Oh, is that no right? way. Yeah. That's cool. That's you know the credit cool. card sized pictures? Oh. The Polaroid 300? Okay. Even though these are plastic cameras and they produce like, a dreamy image and it's not the most precise thing in the world, you cannot deny the, the amount of fun. The fun factor. Yeah. Fun factor is very high. And that's what you get these cameras for. The fun factor is off the charts. Off the charts. I've always been impressed with the fact that they have like a whole system around these. Like, yeah. you're not just buying the body and you get some crappy plastic and yeah. it's done. But no, they have a flash. They yeah. have professional-looking attachments. There's a lot of everything. thought going on behind it. 35 millimeter back, and here are the uh, the the, uh, the entrance. Entrance. The entrance. Entries. Yes. The people are the entrance. Yes. And these are the entries yeah, that are. the entrance. I think you would say this is the most Nailed. popular. This, this is easily <gasps> twice the size of that. both the previous entries. This if you'd like to donate paper to the Film Photography <laughs> Podcast, please We're email a lot us. Out. <laughs> and the winner is. 
It's not you, sorry. Oh. You're going back in. <laughs> Tease. This is going to... Blair Hall. Tell this us. Is greetings. This is my entry. A little bit about me. I'm a 36-year-old professional photographer living in Ottawa, Ontario. I work for the federal government as a photographer and have oh, been geez. running my own business for about five years now. My hot, steamy affair with film started a couple of years ago <laughs> when I was given a Canon T70 by a friend. Oh, T70. Yeah, nice. I was given to him and he had just been sitting in a camera bag for years. Isn't that a, the way a lot of people get cameras? Yeah. It's like, oh, you like film? Hey, try this. It's been sitting in my camera for years. Put a fresh set of batteries in it, blah, blah, blah. Now, two Two years later, my gear acquisition syndrome is still alive and well. Yes. <laughs> they range from medium format beast, that is the RB67, that to a, a group of about really? 10 Russian oh, yeah. cameras. Wow. She probably has a bigger Russian camera collection than you. Ew. She has 10 Russian cameras. Who is the 10. Who is the person? This is uh, Blair Hall. Oh, no, it's probably a guy. Bla- oh. Uh, Blair's. Am I saying her? Yeah, Blair's. Oh, Bob. Sorry. Sorry there, guy. Anyone know about names? Is Blair a female or Blair, a male name? It's, it goes both it's ways. both. Uh, anywho, love the show. Been traveling back and forth to Chicago to see my girlfriend. So it's a guy. Blair's guy. Uh, right. Is your girlfriend's yeah. name Blair? Another oh, FPP mystery right. solved. Yes, another, uh, yeah, another being, FPP uh, mystery being solved. Politically incorrect, it could. And the podcast is an integral, integral part of my uh, drive. I discovered it on iTunes after my girlfriend introduced me to this whole podcast thing, <laughs> and I've been hooked ever since. Bravo! Also, as I do my own developing, please keep up the segment on developing at home. There we go. Wow. Well, good. See another another great home. Yeah. Oh, where's that winner? Ottawa. I don't see, uh, and this is not a, a film versus digital conversation, but there's just not as much passion. Well, I could be wrong. You, is there any passion for digital photography that you see when with? Well, you just don't hear the same kind of stories. Nobody's like, I went into Best Buy and I looked. At, <laughs> I looked all the way at the end of the aisle, and it was looking at me. You know, you don't really yeah. hear those stories. Picked so. it up, and I knew this was the camera. This was it. I think it's because two years of, later. Uh, I think it's because yeah. of the touch and feel aspect yeah. of film. It's a hands-on experience. You. Mm-hmm. When you're shooting film, you have something in your hands, so you know to hold and to touch. So plus loading the film and unloading it, you know, there's something there at, rather than just you know pushing a button and plugging it into your computer. It's now time for book of the month. Book of the month. Book of the month. FBP. Book of the month. I can see us like kind of standing around a barrel with like fire coming out of it, like you know, scene from Rocky. You know, it's like book take it back. Month. Yeah, do, 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 <laughs> take, take it back. back. That was uh, Stallone's brother, Frankie. No, What's Frankie Stallone. What's Stallone's brother? Frank Stallone. Oh, Fra- <laughs> Frank Stallone. Forget about it. Why don't we ask Frank Stallone to do our book of the month theme? Like, yeah. that'd be great. Record it. Well, well, I'll bring the uh, thirty-gallon drum. <laughs> They all stand around like the fire. Matt, what is the book of the month? The book of the month. It's a book that we highlight every month, Mike. Exactly. Um, this this month's book of the month is Photography by Barbara London and John Upton. It is a great book. It's it's very dense. It is very dense, but it covers everything all the way up from 110 format photography all the way through large format, home developing, mm-hmm. color printing, how to get the, the perfect negative, perfect positive image that you want. It even goes into lighting and it just it's very visual. There's so many great pictures in here. This book is from, I think this book is as old as me. It's from 1986 and it, it was just my go-to book for, for film. Lots of Looks like content. a real tome. Can you uh, look this book up on the Google, John, to see what edition, maybe like the 50th edition is out now the google yeah it's got it's got to be something way up high there. but it photography takes, it takes you step by step through all the development processes and for those of you that want to do some extra math homework it even has the, the zone system at the very oh. end can you hold the book up for our cameras 
sure. Now, is this a, a book that you think is used in schools or just for people? This is used in schools. This was one of the old ones, just um, gathering dust in the closet at my university, the University of Finley. And my professor just gave me an extra copy. He's like, here, it's, it's just sitting in the closet. And it just takes you through all sorts of great things, uh, home development techniques. And They're up to the 10th edition. 10th edition, there we go. Is the cover the same, John? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, well, you're on what? The Amazon.com? Amazon.com. I was fascinated by this book. John, take a quick look at this book. Yes. The processes talks about, and it's just so cleanly and clearly illustrated. This is like the go-to book to have on your bookshelf. It's very comprehensive. Yes. Sure. It is. And it's it's one that you can pick up and you can read a chapter at a time. Like mm. when I when I got the 8x10, I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? And you just open it up to a large format chapter and it takes you through it step by step. And it's, it's very simple. It's not It's not very technically worded. But if you want to look in the back, it gets very technical. So. Right. So it's as, it's as technical as you want it to be. Exactly. Hmm. And it's a good book. I guess if you want more technical than this, I mean, it's always a starting point to jump into a different, a more technical text. Very much. Mm. Look at that, John. Yeah. It shows you the whole film plane shows here. You, yeah, exactly what, what light sensitivities different films have. It shows you the wow. older films look like this. And this i got to get me this book. <laughs> How much is it? Is that it's, very, one, it's very cheap is, to find <clears> online. Is that 110 film on There's that page? 80 Eighty of these used on uh, Amazon for eight forty nine. <gasps> Look at that. I mean, people just want to get rid of them. Exactly. Well, they're old. They're old school books that nobody wants to buy back because they come out with a new edition. Well, the tenth the edition is one hundred and ten buck. That's a bit different, but that <clears> one covers <throat> digital, so that might be why. Yeah. yeah. The older ones definitely cover yeah. film, but it's it, oh sixth. That one's oh, that one's the sixth edition. Oh, yeah. Sixth. So that's. Right. I think if you're into film photography, any edition would be fine. Uh, <laughs> oh darn! Wow, you're missing that, eight pages of information. What's that in the back? I didn't see that. Is that a light meter? Or uh, look at that! It's an f-stop guide. Oh my goodness! Oh, you can you, cut that you out. You can cut it out, put it on a thumbtack, and make a little uh, a little guide. For film speed, shutter speed, aperture. This proves that there are so many ways to do the same thing. You mentioned about zone system using your fingers. I talked about Sunny 16. In this book, you can make a little circular chart. You can go outside and find your f-stop. You could just squint, go out and squint. But yes, uh, Photography 6th Edition. Check it out. It's it's available obviously online. You can probably Amazon's yes. Amazon. Very cheap. Um, if you're if you're a student at a university, ask your professor. They probably have an extra one lying around. So detailed if you want it to, but so general that right. there's there's no way you you should not have this book sitting in your in your library for film photography. Well, fantastic, thank you. Get it while it's hot. Now, as of the last two three months, FPP has taken a turn where all of a sudden everyone seems to be getting the home development bug, yeah, including that, myself. That, that is what it seems like. Although I'm only developing in instant coffee right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm using the uh, Caffinol Pancho blend. Pancho? Pancho. Yes. John, did you know I developed a roll of uh, film in Caffinol, which is instant coffee? Did I know that? Yes. No. Oh. Really? Yeah. D- do you know we about it? We talked about it. Know, well, I know. didn't know you actually went through and did it. <clears throat> I went to There's free- so much I don't know about you, Mike. I went to freestyle.com. Freestyle! I forget. Did I say something for freestyle? <laughs> I went to freestyle.com. Freestyle! <laughs> I bought 
a home development tank, a bunch of um, uh, what do you call uh, those? Uh, measurement uh, graduated cylinders. Yes, graduated there cylinders. Uh, I bought a thermometer. <laughs> I bought uh, bought everything I needed, and I went out and shot a roll of T Max 100 120 film mm-hmm. in uh, my Lubitel 166U, mm-hmm. and I did a little a Sunday night experiment. It's actually a thread on our Flickr group, which by the way, Flickr.com. It's if you join, it's free, and if you go into the Flickr groups, just write in Film Photography Podcast, you'll find our group, our little tight-knit community, and one of the thread was, you know, Sunday night home developing. It's a great time to, you know, kind of develop a roll of film. It's Sunday night. Yeah, sure. You know, kind of just hang out at home. And that's what I did. I just developed a roll of film. You know, kind of the first time you do it, you don't really expect any results. Mm-hmm. No. You think you're going to mess it up. But it's magic when it comes out. Yeah, you think you're just going to mess it up and you're going to come out with a blank strip, but no. I, you did know, you I, gasp when the images started I coming forth? Like, <gasps> I did. It's like I Christmas. Did. I hung, hung the negative to dry and then within like three hours, I was I scanned it and had it up online. It was the most gratifying experiences uh, that I have not experienced since the mid-1980s when uh, John and I were at university in that huge dark room together Very alone. Nice. Dodging, yes. <laughs> we had shared many moments. Special <laughs> yes, moment. And, and, uh, developing together. So... Home development has really caught on amongst FPP listeners, and there's been an ever-increasing influx of mail talking about uh, home developing and different chemicals. And the thing to remember is is kind of the, the, the theme of everything regarding film photography. There's no one right way or wrong way of doing it. All of these film developers, D76, Diaphene, Pyrocat, Extol, Caffeinol, they all basically do the same thing. But of course, there's going to be little variations of, I guess, uh, grain contrast, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's the art of it. Yes, it is. And the Google can kind of help you, guide you to find the chemicals that will give you what you're, uh, looking, what for. you're looking for. And there's great groups like uh, APUG, APUG.com. Uh, there's um, Photo.net. These are great, great resources online, including Flickr, to give you these recipes to try these things at home yourself. Mm-hmm. We've been moving more in that direction. And if you if you're doing it for the first time or thinking about doing it, all I can say is don't be scared. You know what we should do? We should have people who have done it and were scared and, and <laughs> did it and are not scared anymore. Okay. Write us so we can build confidence in some of the people. Well, we got a guy right it. here. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing pretty much all my own stuff. What's so. your story, man? I mean, one, year, one, one year ago, you were not, right? No. Uh, even even six months ago, I wasn't. And I just, I heard you're the first time you guys talked about home developing. And I knew I had access to a dark room at the college. So I called my old professor and I was like, hey, can I soup some stuff? And he was like, I haven't heard somebody ask me to soup some stuff <laughs> in 20 years. Yeah. So did you kind of catch the bug by the whole group? I did. Uh, there's just a wealth of resources. You go on YouTube, you go on Google, you go on the Flickr groups. If they pretty much they hold your hand through the whole process, mm-hmm. you just gotta get in, uh, get the equipment, and do it. Yeah, video age is great because now you can actually, you know, you can have someone talk you through it. Almost. Yes, we featured some some uh, recipes in the past. Uh, today, let's talk about something called PyroCat HD, which to me sounds like you know maybe a Blu-ray DVD or maybe some show that Disney sounds, produced. Sounds like some kind of bulldozer. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- what? This is new to me. I'm assuming that this is just a developer, a choice of developer. It is. It's a very, it's a very cult kind of choice. Ooh. It's like the, the you got your diafine guys and pyro cats. A whole different, it's a whole different breed of cat. It's uh, it <laughs> yeah, baby, like me. <laughs> pyro cat is a staining developer. It's the only kind of, it's a different kind of development process. It's also a compensating developer because mm. when photography, we're always trying to compensate for something. This in this is trying to compensate for the highlights and shadows. 
windows and things like that. But the staining developer, what it does is it fills in some of the places where the silver forms the image. Mm -hmm. It fills it in with a colored dye, basically. Okay. And as your density goes up, it fills in more of the dye. So it creates an even more dense range and, and some Folks believe that, you know, when I use PyroCat, I get uh, negatives that are very low contrast, but a super high dynamic range. You know, the difference between light and shadow, mm. there's just a bunch of different mid-tones really? in there. I use it for my large format stuff, and we'll, you know, we'll talk more about that. But it's a very interesting developer. It's not like your, your standard silver developers. You have to have to wear gloves. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Um, there's the main ingredient in, in PyroCat is... Um, CH. Oh, let's see. Yeah, oh God. C I, I have a chemistry minor. I can't remember. Stain your what. skin? It, w um, it won't. St it won't stain your your hands, but it'll get in your skin. It's like uh, the main ingredient. It'll in. get into your bloodstream. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't no, want to. With that. any developers, you should wear gloves. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, Matt, how's it developing going? I can't <laughs> I, that's why I like the caffeinol, because, like, worst case scenario, if I drank it, I'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, you still don't want to drink that anti-halation layer that's oh. making <laughs> it green, but <laughs> teach their own. What made you seek out PyroCat? I liked it because... Like, where did you first hear about I it? I heard about it through the large format guys, a bunch of old guys on the large format forum. And I don't want to say <laughs> old, old guys, because there's, there's young guys, too, well, we on there. We're old guys. I bring down the average age by, like, 20 years on that forum by, yes. by subscribing. But and in this room. If you're out there listening and you're offended, don't be, because no, I'm just, old guys and... You know, I'm just having fun, so. Yeah, no, that's, we understand. Well, old-timers doesn't mean, like, old, but just, no. you know, guys have been at it for a was while. Was there a thread talking about such a chemical? Oh, just, if you Google it, you'll, you've got months of reading material there. But the reason that I use it is because it's a, it's a chemistry that if you can get a hold of the supplies, you can, I can make, I make it myself. Ooh. So there's formulas online, you make it yourself, it's very easy. Just, you know, it's this, you need the same temperatures available as C41 processing, and it's very cheap, it's economical. But you have to be, mm. it's, it's got characteristics that are very complicated, like you can't use certain um, pHs because they'll, they'll mess it up, mess up the process. But I can make it myself, and it costs about two cents a liter after I've mixed it up myself, and it holds for three years. I was just going to say, how long can you use it for? You That's can highly use, economical. It's very economical, and I, bought, I spent about $40, and that will be all the PyroCat I could use for the next 10 years. That's why. Wow. <laughs> so you have enough PyroCat to like set up your own PyroCat stand <laughs> and sell it? Yeah. Well, there's, there's guys that do that on the large format forums. They, People they sell, don't want to do they the sell bulk chemicals, but it's oh. like, you know. That's fascinating. Crazy. Now, do you find oh. yourself going back to it and using it? And besides the fact that you have a 10-year supply, do you find yourself going back to that chemical because you uh, enjoy the results of it? I do enjoy the results. I use it mainly for large format. I don't want to get it confused with the smaller formats because it's very hard. It's harder to use, and you don't see the same results. Really? Well, it's, mm. not, it's not the same. Just the it's more heightened in your larger format. It's supposed to be a very, very super fine grain developer. It, right. It really helps with getting your your good film speed out of it because there's, I mean, everybody knows that there's a box speed that the film's rated at, but depending on your equipment, it might be a little mm. bit different. And this stuff really helps you dial in your consistent exposure stuff. And it's, it's another one of those developers that you can get as specific as you need to be. Some guys get super scientific about it. Like I use this exact dilution and mm -hmm. it does. And it's a very dilute developer too. I mean, my, the dilution is I'll use a mill, uh, a milliliter of this stuff with 100 mils of water. Really? So it's wow, very dilute, and 
it, it also self, it also, it's also a one shot. So I mix it up and then I'm done. None of this conversation about how long it's a shelf life, how many times can I reuse it? At least like, you know, you use it, get rid of it. Exactly. And that's how I can be consistent with it because I, I mix it up as I go. There's no, uh, you know, I do share a dark room with university students. They're always messing up stuff. Yeah, Some kid pours <laughs> the fixer back in the D76 and, oh. uh, and the, everyone's coming out with like empty rolls when they oh come out. Oh my God. So I, I know I've got Kill these that little, guy. yeah, exactly. I've got these little test tubes. I drop in my my pyrocat. I put put in water, and you also it also has a shelf life of like an hour as soon as you mix it. Oh, so you have to use it within that hour, but then it's done. It's the best. <laughs> so, so you really bring your is. own chemistry to university. I do. I, I buy my own chems. I'm not going to steal all their stuff. Just most of Plus, it. Plus, you don't know what's been going on in there. <laughs> exactly. You don't know yeah. who's been touching your stuff. I right. have it all locked up. My professor's really great with that. So. Well, that's fantastic. So, if someone's shooting, what size film do you recommend? Like the minimum size film. One twenty and up. It. You know, you can do it in thirty-five, but I do it for really precise development times and controlling different levels of contrast and you can go all day about the technique of it but just you'll you'll see the difference in 120 and up and you you really have to hmm. use a special set of chemistry around it you can google that i, I don't want to go into it because it takes too long so okay but pyro is is very nasty stuff but very cool results and this is the first uh stuff that you've mixed up yourself yeah pretty much without a bag telling me what to do like right. the kodak d76 so, right yeah and you weren't intimidated. I was very intimidated until I saw the results, which were just the same. Because if you go on like a photographer's formulary mm -hmm. and things like that, I mean, they sell it for like 40 bucks, but you could make that same batch for $5. Right. So why not do that? Photographer's yeah. formulary is a good resource as well as a freestyle. Exactly. To find home development. And, you know, I found that uh, even though, you know, you find some, it's like being a musician, you go mm -hmm. into a, a shop to buy a guitar and you're immediately intimidated by the people that work there because they're yeah. all snooty. I found, even though there are <laughs> various groups of snooty people, especially Darn. large format. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. Yeah. If you're trying to do something from, there are a lot of people that will help you. There are. You really, you have to search for them and you right. gotta, you, you gotta get out there and ask. So you're going to get people that are, use Google, Google's your friend. And, right. But then there's always that one guy that'll reach out and say, hey, you know, this, he's just a kid. I was a kid. All right. Let's, let's figure this out. Right. Yeah. So, so don't so be discouraged by, you know. <laughs> I want to be your friend. Don't be discouraged <laughs> by curmudgeons, people trying to flare you, people who are yeah. in a bad place. Don't jump off a bridge because of yeah. uh, bull texting bully or internet bullying. Yeah. There's plenty of people out there who will help. I'm always thrilled to get an email from people, you know, to talk about my little corner of the world of, you know, you know, the FB100C, you know, and the 3000 speed film you know so don't be don't be discouraged and, and really by, by all means uh, reach out and uh, start developing so that's our uh, that's our darkroom tip of the month the pyro cat something i never knew about yeah. well we have a very little to cover in this episode but uh we have what uh do you mean? well we're getting to the end of the show oh, really yeah still <laughs> what show i thought this was the next month already no this <laughs> sometimes when we record matt's first time here I swear, when we're done with one show, it's like I feel like hours. we've been here. Like, I really would like to talk about our, our new contests and <gasps> giveaways. That's exciting. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. Now, the first one, this Yay! was a, a Flickr friend and friend of the podcast. He goes by the handle NanoBurger. NanoBurger. <laughs> Not Nana, Nano. N-A-N-O underscore burger. His name is Dan. And he said, I have a bunch of Kodak Technical Pan film that I would like to give away. He rolled this film himself wow. from a bulk 100-foot spool. Roll another one. Let me find my text sheet on it. Here it is. You may say, What is 
Kodak Technical Pan. Mike, what is Kodak Technical Pan? Thank you for asking. Well, I didn't know too much about it. I knew a lot about Panatomic X, which is a 25 ASA film. I knew very little about this film. We used by scientists, as you can see. They shot comics. People like the professor from Felix the Cat uses <laughs> this film to shoot comics. Be comics. Comics. <laughs> shoot Jackie Martling. Yeah. Uh, Richard Bre Belzer. <laughs> to shoot comets because the the density of the film. Here, let me tell you what uh, the Wikipedia says. Okay. It's it reproduces the visible light spectrum leaning to red, so unfiltered outdoor shots would render blues almost, most notably the sky, with additional darkening and reds. The unique characteristics have not been replicated. This is a one, of, by the way, they don't, they don't make, uh, this is yeah, a I one of a kind date on film it. that you, the detail of this film has not been replicated. It's unmatched fine grain, especially when rated at a low speed, made excellent enlargements while preserving fine detail. Hmm. Uh, Kodak stopped selling it in, in 2004 and has not been replaced by a film from any manufacturer with its exceptional characteristics. Now this huh. film, now this film can be developed at home using a uh, mixture known as Technodol. So heard you, of that? Yeah. yeah, you could only uh, mix this up at home using Technodol. But this is such a specialty film. Dan sent us some stickers, photography stickers to put on the Very cartridges. Very nice. And he loaded these. Oh my God! Wow. In these great Look at that. plastic blue green. Give me one. Cases. Festival tubes. Now each, I have yet to label these. I actually have to apply a FPP label on these. Very nice. Black. Yeah. Stylish. The film emulsion is light blue. Yeah, look That's at cool. that. That's cool. It's very Instead cool. of brown. So I'm going to design a sticker. These are not DX coded, so whoever wins in this contest Put has to camera. Yeah. use an older camera or a camera that you can go in and manually set the ISO or as I call it, the ASA. What was it again? What is the ASA? Yeah. 25. 25. But you can shoot it at 16. I can tell you that our friends over at uh, Sharp Photo in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, have a batch of Technodol in-house right now. Really? Great. And uh, they will process this, this film if you don't want to try this at How home. How many rolls are in there? We have 29 rolls. Wow. Right. And All for one person? Or are you no, 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 no. This is a group project. All right. And because myself, I will want to shoot a roll, and Matt will want to shoot a roll, I've ordered some extra rolls on eBay. I want to shoot a roll. So we could shoot a roll as well. Awesome. So now this is a, I'm going to make this a group Flickr project. Now, so in order to get involved with this contest, I wrote my note down here somewhere. If you're still listening. <laughs> uh, if you haven't passed out. Yes, if you haven't passed out yet from this marathon. Or you reached work. You, <laughs> you can, uh, first of all, you will, need, you will need to join Flickr. You go in there and you join the Flickr. It's the free. Flicker. And then you find the FPP Flickr group. Now, on Mardi Gras, yeah. which is the 8th of March. Uh -huh. Did you know that? No, I didn't. No. According to the FPP calendar, the 8th of March is Mardi Gras. That's not to be confused with Cinco de Mayo. No. So all I know is that on the FPP calendar, on the 8th of March, it says Mardi Gras. I guess it's a big know? event. It's, yeah, an it's a big event. Uh, heritage so on, tradition. on the 8th of March, in the Flickr group, a thread is going to appear that says FPP Technical Pan Film. And you, the first 29 people that go into the group and, and type in on the thread and say, I want in. Why Mardi Gras, by the way? I figured to give a few. I figure the show goes live on the first today. And there are lots. A couple of days. There's a group of FPP uh, enthusiasts that listen immediately when the show gets posted. So that wouldn't be fair. It to gives just, people time to listen yeah. to the podcast. Yeah, let's give everyone like a so week. So instead of giving beads away on Mardi Gras, we're giving film. Technical pan. Yeah. So we're going to give away 29 rolls of film. Then in that same thread, 
uh, folks. I hope they will post their favorite image from the roll. Do you know how many images you get from those? 36 exposures. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Great. So pretty excited about this. This is an awesome group project for a film that is no more. We don't have to we can stop crying about Kodachrome. Kodachrome. Well, what's great about this is, I mean, this is an old stock, but at least you can still mm. develop it. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I love shooting old stocks like uh, Ektar 25, mm -hmm. which is no more. I mean, I really dig that. So on March 8th, on the Flickr group, you may say, well, what time on March 8th? Well, let's see. What's a good time? Probably early because the folks in England are five mm. hours ahead. Oh, you don't oh. want to give them, yeah, the They'll have a leg up, won't they? Let's say 9 a.m. on March 8th. Say 9.07. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I'm not going to remember that. 9, 9 a.m., the thread will appear. First 29 folks that go in there, get a roll, technical pan, film. That'll be crazy. I'm going to go on and watch it as it happens, though. Yes. That'll be pretty cool. You refresh, and there's like 30 responses. Giving away this oh, little beauty. Really, FPP listeners have been really excited in the past when we give away uh, 120 TLR cameras. This is a uh, antique in great shape. It's known as a seagull camera. Mm. And I have a note here by the. Uh, maybe you want to display that, yeah. folks, for our cameras. This is a note from uh, May. May is in Canada, and she says, This is May from Toronto. Uh, I am a huge lover of TLRs. I started with Yashica A and Rollercord, and now have two Yashica A's, a Yashica 124G, two Rollercords, one Rollerflex, and, and a Lubitel 2. I even have a Holga TLR. It sounds like to me like May has a case of gas. She does. Gear acquisition syndrome. Yes, she does. Since you have already given away a Shika A and a Lubitel, I figure one of the listeners might want to play with a Seagull 4B. Cool. Very nice camera. So, May, thank you, thank you very much. This is a really beautiful camera. Uh, if you have not shot 120 film photography yet, uh, this is a great starting point. I own a Seagull. I love it. Uh, FPP guy Joe Kolbeck loves it. Isn't that true, Joe? He's, he's saying yes. He's, he nodded yes. He, nod he nodded affirmatively. So that is what we're giving away. And is that a timer? Oh yes. no, it's a BIM. A BIM? Yeah, that was a self timer. Yeah. There's a self timer on it? Yeah. You may ask High Tech. Very how equipped. Can I win this? Well, all you need to do is send us an email to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yo. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And what you're gonna do with this camera. Yeah, what are you gonna do with this camera? Your name and your mailing address. And then you will be entered and we'll be picking winners on our April first show. No fooling. No fooling. Because April 1st is April Fool's Day. <laughs> That's why I said that. That's right. But you may say, Mike, is that it? Mike, Mike. is that it? But no. <laughs> There's more. Matt was kind enough to bring in a Polaroid 600 camera. Oh, oh yeah. Too. I was cleaning out my uh, my grandparents' house because that's apparently my job. So <laughs> when I go over and sweep, I, I raided the closet and I found I found a forest green uh, Polaroid uh, one step close up, the same okay. one that I, I won from <laughs> okay. from the FPP. Oh, no but uh, and I, I I love that camera, so I kept that. But I also found this really nice guy. It's a little older. It's the Polaroid Impulse AF. It's an autofocus Polaroid oh, 600. Yes. It has this little pop up flash right here. You just press that, and that's how you turn it on as well. You just pop Crazy. in your 600 speed film. You have your your darker lighter right there. There's your little sensor, and also self -timer. timer, self timer, yeah. and a tripod mount. So you're huh. and how do you load that? Can you pop the front open a little? Sure. Pop just, open the hood. You just pop the hood open like there. Pop in your 600 film. Right Piece there, shoots out your dark slide. That's it. 
Push the with shutter. No silly phrase on it. Yeah. I would like to inform everyone that Duncan Dream that the the film is now being made for Polaroid 600 cameras by a company called The Impossible Project. So you're not out of luck with this camera. This is not going to be a hood ornament or something you just put in your mantel place, mantel piece. Mantelpiece. Thank you. You can go to theimpossibleproject.com and let me ask everyone a question out there. When have I ever sent out a, a camera to someone without a pack of film? Never. Never. Never, ever. So Never, you ever. know that you're going to get a pack of film with this. We're going to be giving away a Polaroid 600 camera. These are great, fun cameras to have. And I will tell everyone a secret. The Polaroid Impulse is one of my favorite models. <gasps> it is. It is. It's a solid camera. Yes. It's, it's, it feels solid and it's sort of you know, what I call sort of the passed over model. You don't hear too much about it. No. No one really talks about it. You don't find it. a lot of them either. You don't find a lot of it's them. It's a black sheep. Yes, Polaroid it is. family. It is. <laughs> it, it feels a little smaller. It, it doesn't feel as boxy. Yeah, when it you're doesn't look it. as bulky at all. No. Looks that's a more streamlined. That's very 1980s. Looks like it should be in like a Schwarzenegger science yeah, fiction this is, film. Uh, this is early 90s, I think. Oh, you so, think? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember, I remember this on trips. We would, we would take this and we'd come, we'd come east. Yes. Take some Polaroids and. You remember actually using that camera? Yeah. Well, I remember getting pictures taken with the pic. Okay. This is my grandma's camera. Did she so. know you took it? Huh? Yeah, she does. She doesn't. She's like, they still make film, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. What are you doing with that old that old accordion? What are you doing right. with that? You I know, was when just throw it off the top of the house. <laughs> See what happens when it hits a ground. Now, to win the Polaroid 600 camera with a pack of film. Uh, all you need to do is send an email in to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yo. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about yourself. And uh, we just need your mailing address. And then on April 1st, we're going to pick a winner. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a spectacular show. It really is. Uh, and that about wraps up today's show. You're kidding. It went by so fast. <laughs> I can tell you folks out there, I these days, you know, I prepare for the show. I actually have organized list. Mm-hmm. And I always basically put too much on our plate yeah because i, I you could ask jeff our, our td technical director i'm like jeff this show's gonna be tight this yeah. show's gonna be like <laughs> I'm <gonna> this. <laughs> i want to thank everyone for tuning in i want to thank matt for uh driving out to uh from ohio mm-hmm. uh, matt's gonna be on our uh march 15th show as well he's gonna drive home and then come back for the march 15th show <laughs> it's worth it it's fpp <laughs> all right <laughs> And uh, John Fideli, uh, Joe Colbeck, uh, working behind the scenes on our new website uh, is Paige Davis, our technical director, Jeff C. We've got the whole gang here. Yeah. I'm going to wear the same sweater on the next show. Oh. <laughs> well, if you wear the same next. thing, we all have to wear the same thing. All right. Let's so come dress the same exactly. We'll call each other, and we'll make sure our Absolutely. hair is the same. And yeah. Wait. Take some Polaroids so we know <laughs> so what we know. we're wearing. Oh, uh, Polaroids we used for many, many years in the Hollywood, in the movie industry. Yeah, I saw your Dumb and Dumber picture. Do you still have that? Yes, continuity. Can I see that? I don't have it 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 on hand. That's lost. So until next time. Bye-bye. Yeah, see ya. See ya.
super positive.